Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time, and sometimes the bottom 100 as well. And because this week was Shark Week, we couldn't wrap up without doing a Shack Week episode, which I believe is what they call Shark Week in Boston. Yes, we are talking about Steel, and joining me as ever is my co-host Andrew Quinn. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing very good, Darren. I'm 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 great. I'm enjoying the hospitality here at Casa Mooney. All right. Yes, we are recording in person, myself and Andrew. However, our guests are still joining us remotely. We're in a we're in a bubble. We are in a bubble. In a, uh, a po- um, big... po- podcast childcare bubble. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I mean, your your wife did in some ways drop you off here. So you <laughs> yeah. can't. Look after your podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, but yes, and joining us for this discussion, reteaming from our discussion, basically our superhero experts, rejoining us from our discussion of the Batman earlier in the year, the fantastic Graham Day. How are you, Graham? Um, as I said off air, I watched Steel last night. Take that as you will for how my mental state is right now. So listeners may want to steal themselves for some biting commentary. <laughs> Uh, and also reteaming from those two discussions, the fantastic Niall Glynn. How are you, Niall? I'm doing great. How are you all? Oh, we're good. I'm, well, I, I speak for myself. I'm doing good. But, uh, I, was, I, I, was, I was wondering how you are, given how tenuous this week's episode is compared to Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> is this a call for help? <laughs> we, should, we should say lots of other people have done this, including yeah. Shaq himself. Yeah, Shaq did do Sh- Shaq did do Shark Week, but also like in terms of researching this, I was very proud of myself. I was like, I found a bit of wordplay we could do to close out Shark yeah. Week, and then I googled it and discovered that I was the last well, person I, to arrive. I was like, I've, I've definitely heard of this before because like several podcasts that I listened to have at, at, at least the the Doughboys did a whole Shark Week. In like twenty, I think nineteen or something, a year after Shaq had done it himself. Um, <laughs> That's like McConaughey calling the McConaissance. It's like it's like call your own shot. It's like Shaq is like I am declaring Shaq week and waiting for culture to yeah. catch up. Or, or or Leto going, it's Morbin time. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the great movie masterpiece of 2022. I'm surprised we didn't have you guys on to talk about. We're still it. living in that summer, man. I've, still, I've summer. heard, I've, I've heard it's not that a lot of the kind of positive reactions to that are ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank what, you. I'll give you that idea. Involving twice, just, just to correct you there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do love, as Gray pointed out, that it bombed twice, which is a remarkable twice. accomplishment for a movie that has only existed for like five months. Um, all right, but okay, so yes, we are talking about Steel, the 1997 movie celebrating its 25th anniversary. What a way to mark that celebration. So I'm going to go to, because I think Graham has maybe played his hand a little bit early here. So I'm going to go to Niall. I'm going to ask Niall. Had you seen Steel before I dropped in your DMs as well, like, let's do a tenuously connected episode to Shark Week? I think that was the exact wording you used, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, surprisingly, for someone who likes these kind of cheapo, like uh, supposedly bad superhero things, I'd never seen this. And I don't know why. I think it just had never come up, you know? But I always wanted to. So I was secretly, in my perverse way, very excited to, to see it. Have, have you seen, is it, is it Kazam? Yeah, the Sinbad, is it? No, Sinbad? no, that's no, no that's no, that's, that's, K- that's the urban myth. That's no, the thing I forget because I'm not seeing it. Who's K- actually is, in it? Is actually Shaq. It is actually yeah. Shaq. It's good. It's it's a, it's a bad film too. This the, like Kazam was on the bottom 100, but then they reconfigured it so it didn't have enough votes. And Kazam used to be Captain Marvel. <laughs> Shazam. No what? Shazam. Shazam. Huh? And Sinbad played him in the new no. film. No. What are you that on was about? Z- Levi. 
This is huh? like Berenstein Bear, Bears. Yeah, I meant to say. <laughs> Who's a Kardashian fan? What year is it? You all remember <laughs> Candle Cove, right? Um, what? But so Gra- Graham, everyone ha- <laughs> remembers uh, like uh, Kazam dying in prison. <laughs> um, for his crimes against Mandela movies. Um, um, but anyway, so Graham, had you seen Steel before? What was your familiarity uh, with Steel, the, the feature film? I can't remember if I'd ever seen Steel before, but it had always been it always been out there in my orbit because obviously I'm a big DC fan. I know the character from. From the cartoons and the various like uh, stuff that he's been in in the comics, uh, but I, I I always felt like I had seen it, but then I watched it and I was like, oh no, I hadn't seen this because there's some <laughs> people in here that I'm like that are actors now, and I'm like, you guys, you guys, why did you make this? And I was, yeah, so I know I'd never I don't I'm not sure because my memory is getting and, and in my old age now it's getting fuzzy and this was quite the shock to the system. Well, great. Can I, can I can I ask people? Have people seen? I have not, but I've seen the trailer for it. Um, the two fi- f- friend of the podcast, Nick Nolte, um, and uh, Shaquille O'Neal are in uh, Blue Chips. Oh, I have not seen Blue Chips. Which looks interesting. It's like a thriller about. Um, when was Blue Chips? Is Blue Chips a nineties movie or a modern day? Nineties. Yeah, oh, it's a nineties movie. I think right. it might have been his first kind of appearance in a, in 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 a movie perhaps but um it's like a serious kind of grown-up thriller about um so you mean it's uh, exactly like steel it's, or a, it's, it's about uh, uh like university basketball and like potential um uh, corruption and nick nolte plays basketball in it and shocks the detective i presume exactly <laughs> <laughs> he plays the, the basketball it's like you're not going to draw me around. <laughs> um, Nick I've been drawn around enough. I've been drawn around all my life. Friend of the podcast, Nick Nolte, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you can go now. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so it is. Let's talk a little bit because this is Shack Week about the Shackness of it all. Because like when I suggested this, Andrew seemed to perk up at the prospect of discussing Shack. You, you seem to be the Shack expert on on this podcast. So he, he's also in Grown Ups too. Yeah, he's also in Hubie's Halloween. Yeah, he he seems to be a friend of um, yeah, Adam Sandler. Sandler of Adam yeah. Sandler, who's a big yeah. basketball guy, as people will know from like kind of Hustle. Oh yeah, Shaq yeah. is also in Hustle. I know he's a he bets on basketball and uncut gems, so it's all like it's all connected. It's it's all wait, is it Shaq in uncut gems or was it no no no, no 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 no? But no, he no. bets Adam on Sandler. basketball. Oh, Adam Sandler, yeah, Adam, 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 Adam bets on. Sorry, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, cool. I was just checking. It's easy I... to mix Shaq and Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, so easy. <laughs> um, they are both titans of the games that they play. To be fair, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, okay. So just in terms of positioning this as like you know. As a Shack project, right? Because obviously, this was the year I believe after uh, Warner Brothers had had massive success with the obviously the Looney Tunes uh, movie Space Jam, which had been part of like reinventing Michael Jordan as a kind of a movie star on top of being a basketball player and a baseball player at that point as well. And the idea was, what do we have? What can we do? That will allow us to do that with another celebrity. And like one of the most interesting things about Shack is that Shack. 
like being a movie star was like third or fourth down his list of priorities. So like oh, he obviously rap, he wants rap was yes yeah. that okay yes this is why oh, you're the Shaq God. expert this is why Andrew is the Shaq the Shaq expert you want to talk about Shaq Fu the Shaq Whisperer no I, I I don't know too much about his rap like I suspect with a lot of uh, like like a lot of uh, early nineties rap that it's not good because <laughs> <laughs> everybody is like oh yeah let, let let's, I can be a rapper let let's go old school like on on this track it's like well my name is rapping <laughs> and I'm here to say <laughs> <laughs> okay so so yes Shaq had always wanted to be a rapper in 1993 he was spotted rapping on the Arsenio Hall show and he released the album Shaq Diesel he was spotted was he in the yeah. audience in he, is, he is seven feet tall it <laughs> is yes. very high was the camera trained on him? <laughs> like keen eyed. Um, okay, Jive Records signed him to a two album deal after seeing him rap on the Arsenio Hall. Are you show. watching this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's like three channels. <laughs> and he's very I'm not, tall. I'm not watching Fox. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so like it sold something like 861,000 copies and produced a, hit, produced a hit single, I'm Outstanding. Um, then afterwards, in 1994, he released Shaq Fu, The Return, which, and you saw a massive drop-off in sales. So his first album sold nearly 900,000, his second album sold 270,000, and his third album sold, like, 195,000. Um, but yeah, apparently, unfortunately, his rap, his rap career was questioned. Um, you know, as Shaq said, one or two guys dissed me. But one of the greatest rappers in the world told me to keep rapping. That was Chuck D of Public Enemy. And he's pointed out that he worked with the notorious B.I.G., Rakeem, Ice Cube, and KRS-One. I've got some of the greatest rappers in the world on my album. These guys have egos. If I couldn't flow a little bit, they wouldn't rhyme with me. They are the best, and they don't put their voice on just anyone's album. That's just the law, says Shaq, <laughs> defending his own rap career. Darren, um, I, would re- I, I would listen to a full-on audio tape of you quoting Shaq. And just the, the mental image of Shaq saying it—amazing. You, uh, you, you are the the narrator of his uh, biography of his audio book. <laughs> yeah, so Shaq did sign me for Shaq Fu De Return. Um, yes. But but yes, I, so Shaq... I think I think he's found his lane though. Can we? Say yeah, it? DJ. I, well, it did not just that. I as a I, I think as a as a commentator himself and Charles Barkley, like uh, um, people love them. Yeah. That they're very kind of like funny and they do kind of like bits and that, that they... They've gone viral a couple of times as well. Like Shaq's famous like advice for topping up a 70 euro tank of gas, which is like one of my favorite bits of pop culture right now, where Shaq explains that, you know, you don't want to spend 80 euro filling up a Humvee and that will put people off buying it's a Humvee. talking in euros. So- I suppose that, that is on brand for kind of uh, rappers. There was a time when the euro was worth more than a dollar. So, they, they so had, you measured work. Okay, they, $80 then, right? So it's like, so what you do is you wait until it gets half empty the mighty and, and you top it up by $20. And then look, you've only spent $20. You haven't spent $80, you spent $20. And it's like, yeah, but but you've only filled it up a quarter. It's like, what no, no, but then you go down to half. <laughs> what you don't understand, Darren, is that a, 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 a tank full of gas is heavier. Okay. So you you use more um, a, a gas. Moving uh, a full tank of gas. Moving it around. So the, like whatever justification Shaq had, I think that uh, the like it does make more sense for fuel economy to have less in the, in in the car. 
But and also they... keep in mind that the only vehicle that can move Shaq is the war rig from Fury Road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Petrol's <laughs> hard to come by there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they, they, watch me, they, it's, it's that only fools and horses uh, thing is like the the rising oil prices isn't going to affect me. I always only put twenty <laughs> in anyway. Um, but okay, so so Shaq n- didn't really want to be an actor, and there's a sense in which like his acting career was something that was almost kind of foisted on him. Well, he got a lot uh, of money for it. He, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that tends to make it a lot easier to convince people to do things that they're like kind of tenuous. So about. you're saying you're saying the reason why some people might take take umbrage with how he acts is because he, 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 his, head, he, his head wasn't really in the game that's why okay, he was so hold on okay we'll, we'll come back there are reasons maybe why his performance here is the way that it is Graham I can, I can name one one major one okay do you want to name one major one he's not good that's literally it he's not a good actor okay oh, Niall looks like he wants to say something do we want to put a pin in this and come back to it later or does Niall um, want to jump in on that the only thing I'll say is when I compare this like performance to like you said uh, Michael Jordan and Space Jam I, I think mm. Shaq's much better than Michael Jordan and I, I think, think this film is much better than Space Jam <gasps> which I, which is uh, unwatchable in my opinion I'd, I'd go with that yeah I, I would yeah. not disagree with that assessment yeah that, that's probably <laughs> correct but it's also like sacrilege there's better physics in Space Jam than there is in Steel yeah but this, love, is, this is a comic book film doesn't no, make logical cartoons. sense I love that we have the Superman 4 dynamic I kind of suspected this going into this but I, I can't go it. into this without, I can't go into, def- into destroying this film without spoiling this film comic book <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> sorry, just sorry. to talk a little bit about. Okay, so Greg... I will say that in 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 um, uh, Michael Jordan really only has um, uh, Space Jam. Um, As if, in I, if I'm not mistaken, that sounds really sad when you say that out of context. All that he has. To be clear, Michael Jordan has lots of things. He's like the greatest <laughs> basketball player of all time, perhaps. Well, I, I mean, you can make an argument for Bird or uh, like... Or Nick um, Nolte. Or Nick Nolte, yeah, yeah. As a, uh, well, he's the best basketball of all time. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I, with, with Shaq and his filmography, I think the the appearance in uh, Grown Ups 2 is genuinely beloved. Pe- people love that uh, moment in the movie where um, he takes a person and throws him over a house. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he throw? Yeah, what's that it's, scene? It's like one of the bullies. Because anyone who's a bully like, to, to Adam Sandler has to be hurt. Has, has to deal with Shaq. He, he grabs him by the head and the guy is like, my brains! And, and, then, and then he throws him over a house. And it's like, this is fantastic. This is a lot of funny. fun. You know what else? It sounds like, it sounds like something out of Space Jam, not Steel. Boom. Look at and- Andrew's like, this is a moment where cinema has arrived. It's like, reached its apotheosis. It's it's become all that it could ever be. It was like the train coming towards the audience in the yes. 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. No one knew what to do. screamed and cheered. <laughs> and, like, I, and, thought that, I thought Shaq was going to throw that guy out of the cinema screen. And, and I guess... Like, Kremlitz too. <laughs> And and I suppose we could take his broadcasting career into into account yeah. in terms of like his charisma and his ability to kind of be on screen and not seem kind of like um, like he doesn't belong there, which I think is perhaps the case here. But you're you're you you have like a young uh, uh, 
Well, that, that's it. I Person, mean, that, he, Kenneth, he, he's not very old doing this. That's it. Kenneth Johnson, who's the director. Um, and look, we'll, we'll talk maybe a little bit about the production of it later on. But it's one like of the, if, you, one... if you made Ray J, like the star of this movie. <laughs> and it's like, or, like, like it's, it's, it's kind of like if it, it's, it's sort of like a child actor. If you if yes. you take someone who is not an actor and like uh, cast them in your movie. Um, a little and, bit. Well, that's it. Is that like one of the things that like Kenneth Johnson said is that like Shaq was twenty four years old yeah. when he made Jesus. this movie. Twenty four, younger than still growing. Most of the people on this podcast. <laughs> uh, but like, and, and like Johnson said this, like one of the things that was really interesting about working with it was like he's seven foot tall. Everybody ha- literally had to look up to him, um, and like he looked like he could dismantle the set with his bare hands. And he's like worth more than anybody. Which he did. He's, he's worth more than the movie itself in terms of, like, gross value and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But he's 24 years old and he's, like, working with Johnson and he's always this very deferential kind of... Like, Johnson's talked about how, like, Shaq wouldn't make eye contact with him because he was so intimidated by this, like, television director, writer, and producer. Like, Shaq was this really sweet kid who ended up being thrown into the middle of this production with no experience whatsoever. And to Graham's point, because Graham's like, what is the deal with Shaq in this movie? It's worth stressing here that, like, O'Neill was kind of like, again, like Jordan on Space Jam, caught between various other obligations that he had to meet. So he was already committed to play in the 1996 Summer Olympics, Mm -hmm. and he was training for the Los Angeles Lakers uh, in Hawaii at the same time. So as a result, like, they literally only had five weeks to complete all the filming for this. They had minimal rehearsal time uh, on this movie, minimal time for like basic setups and minimal time for doing like alternate takes and alternate line readings. It was literally like, you got it. Is it in camera? And is it in focus? That's what this movie is. There's a fly (laughs) across the screen at one point. (laughs) Is there? Yeah, 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 during yeah. a scene oh. with Judd Nelson, there's a moment where like a fly just kind of wanders into the shot, <laughs> like goes oh, straight in front of the camera, like the, yeah. the, But but uh, and and like I think it helps that the movie had a TV kind of writer, yes. and producer because this is it's 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 a it's a '90s kind of like TV program, like a Highlander extended to a motion picture length. It feels like MacGyver. But that's exactly it. It feels like a TV pilot. It feels like a TV pilot. It's two years off The Matrix. It's a theatrical release. No, but it's not the same thing, uh, uh, Graham. What you realise is like the amount of respect shown to to comic books now is not kind of uh, normal. You know, at at the time, it was kind of like... No. No, no. Okay, like okay, we're gonna run a little context on this. I'm sorry, this is the bit where Andrew complains because Darren's gonna talk no, for five minutes. That, but where comics? No, up- no, I don't complain. I, I, I think that's great. But like, like in the context of our podcast, we, 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 we've covered like I. Yes. Obviously, there are the Richard Donner Superman, Su- Superman movies. movies. Yes. But no, there's one starring a Richard, racist, apparently. <laughs> Donner. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Wait, Richard Lester ones. That's no, the Richard Lester ones. There's, there's the one character. Richard Donner the Super- character. <laughs> Superman movie. Of Superman. Um, and we haven't talked about the Brian Singer. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, which, which does star a rapist that is directed by a rapist. Uh, but yes, okay. Just to remind everyone, that's not Brendan Routh and Darren's talking about. I don't think anybody needs any reminding which cast Just in case! (laughs) Just in case! (laughs) Legally, I'm required to name Kevin Spacey at this point in the podcast. Thank you, Graham. Uh, Graham insisted that we name Kevin Spacey. I really like Brendan Routh. But what his name tarnished. But what I was going to say as well is is that we've also covered um, Captain America. Yeah. 
1995. Um, uh, Batman and Robin from 1997, the same year that this came out. Uh, like Catwoman. Kind that of, from that, 2005. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that you have these... Um, like, occasionally you get a studio who gives a, like, a proper um, director to one of these movies and treats it with some kind of level of seriousness. But for the most part, that's and a very difficult sell. Because it's like, this is dumb. And it, like... It's it, dumb because they make it dumb! No, but 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 that... It, 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 it starts from a point of, like... This isn't like um, a serious this, movie. This isn't yeah. a serious movie. You know, this isn't the English patient. I'm doing air quotes. This by isn't the way. this isn't blue chips. <laughs> the English um, patient. The yeah. English patient. Okay, no, no, right. but like, okay, like that. That's that's quite a double feature. I mean, look, okay, we'll we'll, we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later on because I do think that that's something that's very important to talk about. This movie. This movie is a kids movie. Like yeah. that. That's what it is. It is a movie intended for children. Uh, it is structured as stuff. It is written as such. The target audiences as such. And like the movie's morals are very clearly aimed at such. It is very much an after school yeah, special kind of movie. it's go to school, listen to the police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't join a gang. Don't go to video yeah. arcades. Um, but we'll, like, again, we'll talk about that in a moment. But like, at, at, no, Andrew's entirely right. Like arguably up to this point, right? The only two superhero movies that existed that are considered to be anywhere good are the Richard Donner Superman movie and only the first one at this point. He has yet to do the rehabilitation of Superman 2 that he does in 2006. And oh, then... Rehabilitation Superman 2 is great. No, it isn't. I know there's a thing that works <laughs> bad, apparently, but it's still good at the time. Okay. Um, wow. We'll, 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 put a, we'll put a maybe in that. Okay, so we'll go, okay, there are maybe maybe like four superhero movies that are accepted as, as good. Then you have like Batman, Burton's Batman from 1989. And even then, that arguably has something of a backlash against it immediately after it becomes one of the biggest movies of all time, where people are like, eh, it's nothing really going on here. It's not telling a story. It's just good production design. And then you have Batman Returns, where it's like, people are so horrified by the idea of a superhero movie with a distinct point of view that they strip that out of anything that immediately follows. But yeah, generally speaking, the idea is superhero movies are not treated with a great deal of respect by Hollywood, as Andrew said. They're seen as being disposable. They're seen as things that you can make for relatively cheap. This budget on this movie is only $16 million. I think, yeah. I think it's before before uh, parts of Hollywood realize that grown-ups are kids now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, just, that, that is like, we don't have to make a movie for grownups because there's, there's no such there's thing. There's the two kind of elements for me is the fact that, like, you say this film is made for kids, but was Superman not made for kids? Was, and also there's the other fact that, and I, I love that you, I love that you stopped short of saying is Batman Returns made for kids because that was no, a I didn't big say contract. Batman Returns. I said, I would have said Batman, but then I like thought it was just like, no, that's kind of dark. Uh, I mean, like that's that's niche, but then everyone loved it. The kids um, cheered when the Joker Bat fried that Bat metal. Bat but like, it was Bat also Man. it's also the fact that like <laughs> it's also the fact that, and I say this, I, I I feel a little uncomfortable saying this as a white straight male. Um, this was so so. This is before Blade. So Steel is the first person of color superhero we get on the big screen. When was Blank Man? Oh, uh, is, but is he, is he not like a Disney? Is he not like a Disney Channel superhero? Bla uh, Blank I'm Man. I'm not sure. 
Blank Man, but I... No, I know, I know I Blank Man is obviously the Wayans. I didn't think the Blank Man was a Disney... I wouldn't have put him as a... That's a 1994 I thought it was movie. Disney, I thought it was a Disney Channel film. That's I why I didn't count it. No, it's a Columbia Pictures film. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also the fact that Steel is a recognisable character who only a couple years previous had made his big comic book debut and was one of the survivors of that big comic book debut because he was an interesting character, uh, had an interesting background and fought against a lot of stereotypes. And then you have this film that literally sticks him into a stereotype. Okay, okay. I okay. just I just felt like this film is... Okay. There's, there, there, there is a lot to... value you, Graham. I, as in, at the time, they didn't. You know, they, they, as, as in, like, um, you know, they, they, they... Well, I I guess Darren knows better than I do, but, like, you know, they... they they, 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 it's like there are there are children who, um, who read comic books, and then there is this kind of niche subset of of nerds who also read comic. Books. Well, I mean, again, like this is the '90s where you've got the speculation culture and the speculation boom going on, but it is still seen as something that's treated as a kind of a gawk show or a sideshow. Like again, okay, boring nonsensy context stuff that nobody's going to care about here the character of steel uh, is a relatively recent invention at the time mm. this movie comes out he's created in 1994 for this storyline the death and return of superman which is this big event that manages to break into popular consciousness because it's again comic books are sold in these polyfill bags kind of things and you're meant to like the idea is you buy a copy and you buy a copy to keep so you could sell it 20 years later and make a massive profit by the way they sold so many of them uh, in so many of those bags that you will not make a profit. You're still selling below the price you bought for, uh, even mm. in 2022. Uh, but the I idea- want one of those. Do you actually have like a proper like 1994 poly bag oh, Superman return? Cool. Superman the What's Death it called? Super- bag and board? Is that what it is? No, bag and board is when bag you do it yourself. I thought it was bag, bag and box. Yeah, but but bag yeah, I think there's a board in it. No, yeah, where 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 you, you have put like it a in piece of cardboard? And, yeah. Yeah, 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 to kind of. But the idea with the the return of Superman was you bought it already sealed. So, okay. like, so there was no air damage. You could sell it on and it would be mint condition in 20 yeah. years time, hypothetically. But the idea was, yeah, so that broke news stories. But again, a lot of that was just like, well, isn't this weird, this culture that exists? Aren't the people who do this kind of weird and odd and unusual? And like not seen as like a mainstream pop the, culture thing. Um, the, I think the interesting thing about that is that there is a kind of an, a, there, there, there's, there's an underserved minority in, in, terms of um african americans there isn't the same difficulty like for 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 example like um i was listening to um method man has a podcast where he talks about um comic books with with like other 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 people who are obsessed with comic books doesn't method man have a comic book as well he may do, yeah. but it, he, yeah. he's, he's, he has some, it, it's, it's actually, it, it's supported by Marvel. So mm. like, it, it's part of their kind of like, there isn't a, the same um, uh, separation that we have like in, in like Caucasian culture, where it's like, are you reading a comic book nerd? Yeah. Where in African American culture, um, because, and I, I suspect a lot of it is because the, um, the kind of countercultural kind of um, uh, origins of um, certain comic books yeah, kind of gave themselves into, yeah. to their, their experience, yeah. like the likes of X Men and, and 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 that sort of thing. But there 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 wasn't there isn't the same sort of um, jock nerd divide that yeah we exactly associated yeah. with uh, where like Method Man w- was um, 
you know, selling drugs, but also like kind of um, uh, read, read, uh, reading and talking about comic books. Um, well, like, and again, that that's kind of the thing about Steel. So Steel arrives in the mid nineties at the point that you start seeing stuff like, is it? Icon I should probably say, and stuff like, okay. um, like hustling, because that that, that was like a a. It, it's 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 a kind of a euphemism yeah. for all sorts of <laughs> activities uh, that doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. directly run the risk of libeling. Um, <laughs> exactly. But okay, so while Method Man was hustling and talking about comic books, so yeah, you're you're right. And then in the mid '90s, you have this kind of understanding that these underserved minorities who like have only, as you said, largely see themselves in either allegory, as in X Men, or see themselves in comic books that are like written by white men. So, for example, like Black Panther, who's like written by two Jews, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, or written by Don McGregor in the Jungle well, Action like, Run, or like, like with Jazz, Luke Cage. Um, though, like the the Jewish and the black kind of um, experience, kind of intermingle is, and overstep. They do, yeah, yeah. It's a kind of like like it's a shared. Um, um, s- several kind of forms of media are kind of like have have origins that are shared. So like 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 you know when when kind of uh, these days when you the, the, like a lot of the talk around um, I guess we'll get into a big argument, um, but a, 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 a lot of talk around La La Land was like, <laughs> they're, they're 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 taking jazz away from 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 African Americans yeah. where like no the, the 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 origins are more complicated than that but yeah like it it is kind of maybe maybe it's. Uh, that that you're um, appropriating something, but it, it's 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 not as uh, as straightforward an appropriation, I guess. I mean, and and like, and again, the argument is that like by the time you reach the '90s, so around the time that Steel is happening, you start seeing a move towards African Americans actually coming in and taking control of the comic books and like writing comic books for that community. You have things like Milestone Media, which is founded in 1993 by a coalition of African-American artists and writers, including like Dwayne McDuffie, who is like one of the greats of American comic books. Uh, Dennis Cowan, who would go on to be, I believe, the first African-American artist to draw steel, I believe. Michael Davies and Derek T. Tingle. And you have this idea of like acknowledging the African-American experience in comics. And so, yes, when Superman dies in 1994... There are four replacement characters that are brought in. There is the cyborg Superman, there is the Eradicator, there is Superboy, and there is Steel. And Steel stands out in large part because, as Graham said, he's the one who lasts of that particular set. He's the one who endures and finds his way into the culture. To the point where, like, when they relaunch Superman in 2011, the backup feature in Grant Morrison's Action Comics is a Steel comic written by Solly Fish. And apparently, as, like, as Andrew pointed out, like, again... The reason why this movie happened, which is astounding to me, and I think Andrew noticed this when we watched the movie last night, the first credit that you see on screen, Quincy Jones. That's right. Qu- Quincy Jones apparently rang up Warner Brothers sometime like in 1995-1996, around the aftermath of the death and return of Superman, during the kind of like the four reign of the Superman, the replacement Superman. And he's like, look. He's also like, like he's uh, presumably hot on Fresh Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, like like Jones is like he's known for his jazz and stuff, but he's a huge power player in Hollywood. Yeah. Like he's mass, he's hugely influential. He calls him up and he says, "I want to make a Steel movie." Like that's how the Steel movie happens. Quincy Jones picks up the phone and says, "I saw that there's a black Superman. Let's make a black Superman movie. Let's make Steel." And this is where again Andrew is is correct, and Graham is also kind of correct. Where you have like Kenneth Johnson, who's the director, has talked about how. Like, 
he feels like one of the issues with the movie was that Warner Brothers did not pay any attention to it. Nobody paid any attention to it while it was being made. And like, he was like, like Shaq, I love Shaq. He is a name. You can put him in a movie and he's visually arresting. He's not a good actor. And what you have is like, what I need is I need a cast around him of people who like audiences will turn out to see. I need you to give me a budget so I can hire somebody like, say, Morgan Freeman, fresh off the Shawshank Redemption, for example. Or I can hire, like, actors who people will recognize and love. And Warner Brothers is like, no, 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 make the movie with the budget that you have. And mm. so he's like, I cannot hire, like, my, and like, he, he's like, look, we all love Judd Nelson. I think we can all agree on this podcast that we all love Judd Nelson. Um, but like, he's what? like, <laughs> <laughs> but like. I may have been being sarcastic, Andrew, yeah. but, but like... He's not great, is he? <laughs> yeah, like, he's a real problem, more than Shaq. I, I think you can, you, can, um, you can forgive Shaq because he's not... He's uh, 24 he's years not old. An actor. Yeah. He's not an actor. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, those you know, eyes on Judd Nelson, though, those when, are actors. <laughs> when, when Shaq was learning to, to play basketball... And not learning how to shoot three points, but 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 <laughs> learning the other aspects of basketball. Jordan Nelson, <laughs> it was presumably or like ought to have been learning, like acting, acting, right? Um, well, I I, I don't. Know. <laughs> okay, but like again, and like. Kenneth Johnson, who is much more diplomatic than Andrew, is like, look, we all love Judd Nelson. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like, you know, you look at like the other superhero movie that's opening from Warner Brothers. I think he was good later on, by the way. <laughs> I thought he was okay. Okay. And some stuff later on. Anyway, sorry, I do beg your pardon. <laughs> okay. But, okay. So he's like, we all love Judd Nelson to start the, the point that I've tried to start several times. Um, but okay. So it's like, he was perhaps at- checked out of this. Oh, forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> But he looks he looks at the other superhero movie that Warner Brothers are producing in 1997, which is Batman and Robin. And it's like the villain there is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And like, that's one of the reasons why the movie contains a joke at the expense of Arnold Schwarzenegger later on. Because it's like they wouldn't give us the budget to hire an equivalent to Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger. So we're going to have to make our own. But he's like, yeah, nobody at Warner Brothers was paying any attention at this to this movie until like the week before it was released. At which point he showed a screening to like, is it uh, Lorenzo de Bonaventura, who was the former president, and Bill Gerber, who is the current joint president. And they're like, there's, what did you do? There is no way we can screen this. Um, the movie was like, they cancelled critic screenings at the last minute. <laughs> there are stories of critics showing up to critic screenings of Steel and being told by Warner Brothers executives that it was not happening because they had just been informed that morning that this was not to be shown to critics. There are stories of like critics sneaking into um, like early screenings, like having to like sneak past the guards and security to get in to see the movie, which is quite remarkable. Like in fairness, like how how would one have fixed this? Because I I, th- I think if if you try to fix one aspect of it. It's like, so are we losing all of the like high tech kind of, um, you know, don't you dare, yeah, like vehicle explosions and all of that sort of thing. But no, like that's presumably where, like, like that a lot of the uh, money goes towards like special effects. Like John's, that's Johnson's argument. Johnson's argument is not like I should have spent the budget elsewhere. It's like I needed two or three million more. I need just needed like Jesse Ventura or someone on that level <laughs> yeah. wearing armor as well to fight him. I think that's what it's missing. Ra- is Ra- there's no like superhero fight? It's Rowdy just- Roddy mm-hmm. Piper. You have, yeah, have, yeah. have like a six minute drive down, <laughs> down, 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 down
Well, yeah, well, that, that's the thing is that... Like, no one's going to touch that. <laughs> no, 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 one, <laughs> no, gonna touch no that. nobody is going to touch that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that that is initial context for Steel, the movie that we are discussing today. <laughs> uh, Goddamn! If you had Hulk Hogan. Wait, he's, Steel? he's in that movie and he's like, <laughs> I don't like don't you. T- 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 I don't, I don't like you, Steel. I'm a straight up racist. <laughs> I mean, other people won't admit it, but I'll just go ahead and say it. I mean, no. they had neo-Nazis in the film, which was a big swing. Exactly. Exactly. They don't really kind of like... Plot any, anyway, in any way, so. in terms of plot, which you imagine they might in the story of these you they were. African-American super... No, they were neo-Nazis. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. but it's like the movie's like, how does this relate to our first African-American superhero? Yeah, I don't know. Neo-Nazis use the internet like everybody else. Um, all right. So before we jump into this discussion, three questions to get us started. And Graham, I think I'm going to pick you to go first. Do you think Steel is one of the worst 100 movies? Ever no, no, I don't. I don't even think it's interesting enough to go into the bottom 100. It is a piece of bland toast that I just got. I was so bored. And like I was I watched it with Breed and Breed was like, I liked the first third. And then the superhero stuff came in and then it got worse. I was like, that is exactly what is wrong. The first third of it is kind of interesting mm. in a kind of funny way. Because like people are people have weird pieces of dialogue for some reason. Shaq is uh, sorry, Steel is super strong without the suit. Have you seen him? I believe that. Yeah. I'm not. No, but yeah. that's the thing. The film is so the film is so interwoven with Shaq being Steel and Steel being Shaq that you're not sure if this is the real world or if this is the DC universe. Like they're very. I don't think y- it's the real world. <laughs> I don't think the events of Steel happened. <laughs> we don't it is, know. It is a documentary. Have you, you seen Judd Nelson in a film since? No. Ooh. Ooh, I think he's dead. I've seen him on TV. <laughs> uh, you think you have? It's a deep fake, Andrew. <laughs> it's, a deep fake. it's a Mandela effect. Um, I just no. It's just like it's no, no. Yeah. When, <laughs> when you watch the final conversation in this backwards, it says Judd is dead. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's just I. They it's, don't find his remains, don't they? Yeah, no, no they no. don't find his remains. It's, it's oh, very, Hitler! It's very clearly set he up for a sequel. So they're, trying find his, they're trying to find his teeth or something or well, no, whatever. That's it. They can't identify him from dental. Like it's very clearly setting up a sequel. Oh God! Which is like, is it Burke's return? Like the reveal to Burke's revenge. <laughs> that's a terrible supervillain name. More Burke. But it's just it's it's just like the, the amount of ways it goes out of the way to Burke's massage. <laughs> massage uh, Shaq's ego and just the dialogue and the ridiculous characters I recognised a character from this who's in goddamn The Good Doctor and I was like oh my god what's he doing here you mean Hill it's, Harper is slash Hill Harper what's he doing here he's a young he actor <laughs> oh it's just it's no it's no like, it's Hill, not even interesting Hill Harper was like I shouldn't be in this I'm going to be in The Good Doctor damn right <laughs> It's just it's, everybody no, loves it is, the good doctor. Everybody loves the good I have, doctor. I have I have ten years of CSI New York ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no, I no, it's a, no, it doesn't deserve to be there because it's not bad enough, not good enough, not interesting enough to be in the bottom one hundred. Okay, that's an interesting interpretation because oh, the bottom one hundred is about films I, that like like offend you or like I elicit some is. kind of emotion. Yeah, this just made me laugh or chuckle. Every now and then going, <laughs> look at look at look at Shaq going up a rope that does not support his weight. There's a kind of an argument over like like are are these movies 
bad. It's bad, like, bad, no, I've bad. seen uh, more boring movies. But also, if we were to cover the, the bottom 100, and if they were just, like, boring movies that you can't wait to be over. Yeah. Like, Which um, is what it used to be back when we started. Yeah. I, like, I don't remember anything about Crossover. Do you remember anything about Crossover? I don't remember anything about Crossover. No, not really. I, I, I remember seeing it and then being like, <laughs> what, that, I, like, like actually, like, no, no, I, I, I don't remember seeing it. I remember looking through our podcast feed and finding this movie crossover because I think I was looking at like, what are our least listened to episodes? <laughs> yeah. And that was one of them. And yeah. I was like, what even is that? <laughs> I that, that happened to Breed once. Uh, Breed's a big fan of The Dark Tower. Well, she was until she finished the books. Uh, and I, I showed her The Dark Tower. And then one time we were over with some friends. She goes, you know, I've never seen The Dark Tower. And I was like, no, Breed, you have definitely seen The Dark Tower. You were very angry. And she was like, I don't remember seeing it. I was like, oh, that's the first time you ever blacked out from a film. Because <laughs> she doesn't remember it. Um, so, Niall. Crossover could have done with Merdia. <laughs> 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 If she, if she was on, if, if 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 she was also in that Tyler Perry movie, it would have been saved. <laughs> I wish Tyler Perry was in this. Okay, okay, all right. There's a lot to unpack Steel there. Steel Medea. Mm. By the way, have you seen that Brendan O'Carroll is going to be on Netflix's Medea show as He's, Mrs. He, Brown? Yeah. Well, wasn't he already That's in the brilliant. film? Talk about film. crossover. That's it. We're talking that about crossover. Yeah. Um, but he, was in, but he, was, he was in her last film. Her. He was in. He was in the last film. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. He's, he's literally. Yeah, this is like, my name's Brown. Oh, I'm a Brown too. Well, no, not really. You're a... <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, casual racism. Uh, all right. So, Niall, on the subject of casual racism, uh, do you um, think that... Uh, do you think that Steel is one of the worst 100 movies ever made? No, definitely not. Because the thing is, and this will be very upsetting to Graham, Probably. I don't think this is that bad. Like, that's just like a piece of like, kind of, throwaway kids entertainment because it's, yeah. you know, it's very aimed for kids but um yeah no i i wasn't bored really watching it i think the star power of shack actually kept it afloat because although he's not the best actor is like a very t- nice time capsule film mm. like there's a lot of things it's like oh the 90s you know i'm not <laughs> saying that in a nostalgic way because jesus i was like five exiting the 90s i don't remember it that well but you know, the style of it. And I like how it's shot. Listeners can't see the giant Friends poster in the background of Niall's uh, frame here. <laughs> I don't even know the concept of friendship, Darren. Don't even joke. <laughs> but um, but I, I thought this was really nicely shot as well, actually, at times. I think they did a good job of, like, the cinematography is pretty decent. Especially compared to 80% of the superhero stuff that comes out now, which is just green screen stuff. This is, like, on location LA. Yes. Really nice color temperatures. No, good explosions, good practical effects. Good practical effects. Yeah. And uh, I thought the theme song was all right, actually. the Not the, the rap <laughs> at the end, but the actual, like, superhero theme. I, mean, I think there's something interesting about this, just as, like, as you said, like, the first kind of black-led superhero film. I'm not sure when Blank Man came out again. No, it was 1994, but this is, like, arguably the first major kind of, like, existing IP property. Yeah. yeah. And something I like about this now is I think if they did this film now it would be like a legacy sequel thing, like where they'd even have like CGI Christopher Reeve passing the mantle to him because they would force it into like the Superman kind of a continuity where this gleefully sets itself apart from it by making jokes about Superman and Batman in a not in universe way. And showing like Shaq's Superman tattoos because Shaq was a huge, this is how they got him to sign on. He is a huge Superman nerd. Like they go Mm. to his like mansion. Literally. 
No, they do. They go down to his mansion in Florida and there's a life-size statue of Superman on the dock overlooking the lake, like protecting mm. Shaq's lake. Um, it's still not as tall as Shaq. Like, yeah, so here, here's... Nothing is. Um, <laughs> I just want to read, because, like, you know, it was... Uh, <laughs> just because... Cause, um, Sorry, Graham was saying that I should read all of Shaquille O'Neal's quotes. <laughs> uh, but there's this discussion from, like, the National News kind of visiting Shaquille O'Neal's Superman-inspired mansion. So here we go. In fact, references to the Man of Steel are peppered across this three-acre estate, most notably within the 31,000 <laughs> square million. foot... I mean, now it's worth a fraction of that. <laughs> because of the theming that yeah. is. Sorry. The logo is superimposed on the mattress in O'Neal's bedroom. It appears on a panel in the two-way mirrored garage in the game room and the home theater, and even on the glass door of the spacious master bedroom. The symbol takes on its most dramatic avatar when embedded into a three-dimensional wall mural, which features a true-to-size tractor trailer barreling down an expressway, seemingly towards the interior of the living room. The trunk's, first, the trunk's front cab, with a fish tank-shaped Superman grill and a gleaming fender with the word Diesel, another of the NBA champion's nicknames, emblazoned across it, juts out of the wall and into the living space which is furnished with inbuilt double sofas. Painted in the driver's seat, a serious-looking Shaquille O'Neal himself. The room is just one of countless examples of the residence's uh, extraordinary design aesthetic. A show car garage doubles as a fitness center, while the soundproof home theater seats 10, has its own popcorn machine, and is lined with Superman movie posters, including a rare specimen of 1951's Superman and the Mole Men, plus one of Wolverine that's thrown in for good measure. Um... So yes, yeah, so like Shaq is a big I, Superman fan. I like I like that that kind of description doesn't kind of uh, come down on whether this is tasteful <laughs> or not. That you, you you can make your own mind yeah. up. It's a very rest- it doesn't feel like a hit. It piece. doesn't say like Irish yeah. or, or, or <laughs> yeah, anything does. at any point. Yeah, yeah. There's no stories about how much he's spending on wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it like because why would you do Shaq dirty like that? <laughs> like I guess is the thing. And like and like Shaq has talked about like and again Niall mentioned the idea of a sequel to Steel as as yeah. as recent no as recently as 2014. Shaq was saying that he would love to return to the role. He would love to make Steel 2. So, like, he's... Here's, like, some quotes again. This is Darren's going to read Shaq from a Rolling Stone interview, where it's like, What about Kazam 2? Is that on the horizon? Probably not. But I'm talking to the powers that be about coming out with Steel 2. You're kidding. No, I want to do it. Steel has the same problem as Shaq Fu. The technology we had in Steel was okay, but then here comes Iron Man and the Star Wars prequels, and we look like amateurs. If I could get some new updated technology behind the Steel project, I could redo it. Would you cast yourself in the lead? I would love to. Given me the choice, I'll always be the superhero. You're a huge Superman fan. Huge. You've got the Superman crest everywhere he in your is home. He's a huge man. As <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, and a huge Superman fan. Yeah. And even tattooed all over your body. Do you have a Superman fetish? Rolling Stone asks Shaq. Shaq responds, I don't know if I'd call it a fetish. When I was a kid and I saw the movie and I was watching Superman fly, I was like, I want to be that guy. And second of all, my first name starts with S. You know what I mean? If my name was Tom or Jonathan, I probably wouldn't have been as into it as much. But my name starts with an S. So it just makes sense. And here we get a digression, which is a, tra- a great Shaq digression. What's your kryptonite? I don't have one. So you're better than Superman. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. But you don't yeah. have a weakness. But Superman gets all fluttery at the knees if someone points a glowy rock at him. That means you're better. I'm not saying I'm better than Superman. I'm human. And just by being human, I think I have many kryptonites. But I also don't have a kryptonite. 
Shaquille O'Neal philosopher. Although, he seems to have forgotten that he's terrible at three points. Uh, like any, any free throw. Yeah, because you know why? Because he overcomes that weakness in the film. Um, that's his character arc. His character against, journey. Against the, against the longest running grenade in history. Yes. I think if you, if like, like it, one, one, one uh, for, for four isn't, isn't really that great. I mean, it's awful, yeah, is that? Yeah, but if you're not being guarded, like, yeah. <laughs> um, and like the Seagal and Shuster Society named Shaq the NBA's one true Superman as well. Sorry, just like, oh, that's nice. If a person is able to get the ball as far as the rim, <laughs> then then there is a chance that occasionally it will go in. <laughs> You know, but like the, which is not to diminish we digress but, um, <laughs> we, we Shaq, do so. Shaq's, uh, ju- just that that's a kind of like a, and it, I like that the movie kind of is is uh, uh, and that Shaq kind of make fun of like that aspect of his game I, I did I actually quite, I found myself quite charmed by that running joke because again like Graham, Graham seems upset that this is like a Shaquille O'Neal project but you have it's to a Shaquille talk, O'Neal project but you have to talk about the seven foot tall basketball player in the room it's you have same, to otherwise if you don't he'll kill you well no no he's a 24 year old kid Graham but it's also like it's also like Tom Cruise movies are about Tom Cruise you can't like when you have that level of I get annoyed at that I okay all you right. don't sound annoyed <laughs> also at darren you get annoyed whenever a film is about tom cruise no no this I, is very I, similar i loved fallout because fallout was about tom cruise okay I, what about what about uh what about maverick um maverick yeah what about, maverick? Yeah, what about well, maverick we, we talked about that we have a several hour podcast discussing that so andrew <laughs> <laughs> do you think that steel belongs on a list of the 100 worst movies ever made no, I, I, I think as a superhero, he is a fairly good superhero in the sense that like he uh, no that, that 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 he has kind of like um, uh, I think I think his powers are quite good. You know, and, and what what I mean is like quite aside from the movie, if 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 um, if you have kind of like you know that where he's like invulnerable to bullets and um, <laughs> uh, because no one aimed for the chin, no the massive chin. And you said the same thing when we were watching the movie. He, last he night. does got shot in the chin at one point. Also, um, his palm, his massive palm, is not covered by people metal. Are, people are looking away because they hope that the, <laughs> the that that the gang members. Aren't aren't going to um, shoot him in 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 the face? In the face. Well, I, mean, the jungle, I, I shot Shaq in the face. <laughs> they shot him so much in the crotch. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the 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 odds are they won't. I, 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 <laughs> it's I, the same with Batman in any Batman film. Yeah. though. he's got the exact same thing yeah, open. Yeah, you know, yeah. especially yeah. in the Batman yeah. when he's getting shot a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> and the 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 um but like and his like tech is 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 fun and 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 that sort of thing and i i think as well that um it's it's not it's not very boring and it's only 95 I, I think minutes there, long. It's there, there, there are there are extremely boring sequences in it. Yeah. There are, there are very dull sequences, but there is also kind of um um uh, competent mm. um, officer in a gentleman scene comes to mind. Oh, the bit, the bit where he picks up sparks, he carries. Wait, sparks. sparks, yeah, and carries her. Well, I mean, carries I, her out. I, I thought that was also the one flew over the cuckoo's nest scene as well. To uh, be fair. Um, I thought she was blind for a minute. I thought she was blind. Where she was staring scene. into middle distance. Yeah, I thought, she, I thought, I thought she we were going to get a. 
grown-ups too moment. He was going to chuck her. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he's going to smash open the window and then chuck her out the window. Why, yeah. why is he going to smash open the window if he's not going to do that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> to let he in the air so she window. knows freedom once more, even though it's been maybe a month. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, for myself, uh, no, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> he inspires a high five. Which is great. <laughs> from, two guys from the like, other institutions you see that like oh we can check ourselves out at any time <laughs> <laughs> did you know we could do that I didn't know we could do that yeah. <laughs> that window is coming out of somebody's salary um, well, that's the thing I think they realise that like this is going to add some colour to the like the, to the uh, like uh endless kind of like day after day of kind of monotony uh, yes uh, <laughs> slow progress of physical therapy <laughs> where they're going to look back and say I remember that time where that like, time that giant of a man took yeah. a woman and did not sign her out a <laughs> guy just picked up a woman in a wheelchair yeah. and carried Plus, her out I, the I, I, I think I think that the thing that um, like the does this belong on the list of the bottom 100 movies? If it's the worst 100 movies, then there shouldn't be any kind of like bonkers moments where you're like, oh, like, like yeah. gosh, how did, how did they, how did they screen this? Or, or like, um, how did this happen? Who let this yeah, through? Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> make, which make movies interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this movie has those things oh, yeah. as well. Like, like as, Hill Harper, as much as like Graham was complaining about Hill Harper, that sequence of Hill Harper playing pool. He looks like, like a, a Street Fighter <laughs> character. <laughs> he looks like what? He looks like one of goddamn Shredder's thugs. Yeah, yeah. He looks like an extra from the, the Warriors or Streets of Fire, which is amazing. Um, and like I, again, so yeah. In terms of like, I don't think this belongs on the bottom one hundred. Um, I simple logistical question: Is this even like one of the worst ten superhero movies I've ever seen? Um, no, it is it is better than, say, Joss Whedon's Justice League, which is not on the bottom 100. It is better than, say, the Fantastic, which is is also not on the bottom 100. It, I really it, liked parts of that. Um, we don't have time, Graham. Yeah. We do not Doom have time. Doom Akira is cool. Okay. okay. but and, and also, like, as, as Andrew said, the idea that it exists kind of like as, like, or sorry, as Niall said, where it feels very much like it is... It is an African-American superhero, but it's also rooted in, like, South Central LA, very particularly, very deliberately and very consciously, in a way that would not happen if this was made today. I think Niall is correct. First of all, you get a load more continuity stuff. You get CGI Christopher Reeves. Second of all, you would not shoot it in South Central LA. And third of all, it would not actually have as a plot point anything that was specific to the African-American experience in South Central LA. Where even, say, Black Panther has to, like, abstract those things. Where it starts in South Central LA. It but wouldn't then... have the same point of view, certainly, these yeah. days, I think. Yeah. Um, like, you know, and I think that there's some value in that. I think what it's doing is kind of interesting in terms of capturing a moment in time and trying to engage with a particular community and a particular point of view. And again, like, as Niall said, this is a kid's movie. This feels like it's an after-school special. Like, right down to the supporting character of Sparks, who is a woman in a wheelchair, but who also gets a kick-ass action scene at the climax yeah. of the movie, which... Wheels from the Burger King uh, kids' mm-hmm. club. Yeah, that, that's... But, like, it, it feels like it's an attempt to include a person mm-hmm. who is not normally seen in superhero movies. Yeah. And but even, 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 even one of the critics at the time pointed that out is one of the few highlights of, of the film yeah that you don't get and that she, and she's a good actress i, I like yeah, her yeah. Like I stuff i like I her i love her in midnight mass and, yeah yeah you know uh, haunting hill house and that and, and andrew will she recognize her good. from two episodes of barry 
uh, as well. She was the mother in the third season of Barry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, Annabeth Gish is one of those actors who has been around forever and just does Mm -hmm. good work. Um, So she was on the X-Files as well. And her and and Shaq have a very good rapport. Too good a rapport, I think. The fact that they don't capitalize on that is very annoying. Well, I suspect there are... Yeah, yeah, there are probably... Yeah, there are reasons. I know there are reasons. I just didn't want to outright say it. Same as, like, like, um, Beverly Hills Cop for yeah. example it's like people look at that and they're like it's refreshing that it's this action movie and that the that he doesn't like get with the female lead because you don't reduce the female lead to like a, a, love, a, interest. a, a love interest and then you discover the actual reason <laughs> yeah then you discover the actual reason why and it's like oh for, for listeners who may be missing subtext the actual reason is racism um yeah. just in case that that was implied <laughs> well, that you, just, you, just, you just you just calmly calmly just slid that in by the way guys this really sweet relationship did not occur because of racism okay good night well, I mean, like, Skeletor, bye. And like we we kind of broached it earlier, and Graham but brought Darren, it up. Why is racism? <laughs> I have a seven minute uh, speech prepared okay. on that. But um, no, I've done some research on that. I've talked to some experts. I have some quotes from Shaq on that. Um, but no, and and Kenneth Johnson, the director, has talked about how like very candidly, the reason he feels that Warner Brothers didn't pay attention to this, and the reason he feels like he only got seventeen million dollars, which was probably like the catering budget on Batman, was less than uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's entire salary on Batman oh, and Robin, bad. for example. Like the reason why that was was because it was seen as a black quote superhero movie, and therefore it wasn't worth investing any more attention, time, or money in from Warner Brothers' point of view. Yeah, because so, how are you going to get uh, white like suburban? Kids interested in black culture. Yeah, that's never going to happen. I thought I thought they had I thought they had a really good rapport, and you you know it, it would have been nice if they they clearly had a very close relationship. But, and like, there's it the never mo- happened. Like again, not to get too spoiled, but there's a moment where they like she stands up and he stands up, and it's like you're like, are they going to do this? And it's like, nope, they're just hugging because they're buds. There's their There's strictly, no sexual tension. Strictly platonic. Strictly platonic. Even though throughout the whole film, people are dropping hints at it. Like the amount of times Richard Roundtree says something about them. He does is... like the shaft. Oh, goddamn. Uh-huh. <laughs> even Shaq say... didn't like that joke. <laughs> a, lot, a lot more fandom relationship even. I think um, Richard Roundtree needed a lot more. Just because like, he, yeah. to have like the first big like black superhero film and have Shaft in it, but just as like the wacky uncle. It's yeah. like, oh no, oh no, you got to give better than that. Yeah. Also, why does why does Richard Rantry look better in now than he did in the nineties? <laughs> what happened? I I, I feel I like we can talk. We'll have to get him on the show and ask. <laughs> Great. We can talk about. Well, no, sorry, we shouldn't talk about spoilers. <laughs> okay. Why? It's a twenty-five-year-old film. Oh, no. Okay. 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 Let's let's speed around this then. So, Graham, is this one of the mm. worst one hundred movies you have ever seen? No. No, it's just really boring. It's like it's in, it's inoffensive and it's not like it's inoffensive and it's just it's just I'll forget about it in a week if it's lucky enough. You won't, Graham. This movie has uh, wounded you. No, do you know why? <laughs> <laughs> do you know why? Do you know why? Um, I won't because I've watched a bunch of pod. I, to to further prepare for this, I watched another review of it from um, this great group of critics in Austin, Texas, uh, Double Toasted, and. Their, their, just their opinion on the film is just so funny and hilarious. It enhanced the film for me afterwards because they brought so many uh, kind of opinions from their culture because obviously, uh, well, not obviously, unless you know them, um, it's Corey Coleman and uh, Martin Thomas who are um, people of colour from America and they are absolutely on point about how goddamn stupid this film is and the in- inbuilt racism and all that and just how it could have been done so much better and how Shaq just 
was very ill-suited for the role. And I kind of just, I kind of just latched onto that after I watched the film last night. I just found it, they were re- they're really funny and they're really really intelligent uh, film critics. We will include that in the show notes. Uh, they they have a literally bad movie roast of 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 steel. It's brilliant. I like that. We can find a better podcast in the show notes. I didn't very, say it was better. It's very funny, intelligent <laughs> people talk about this movie. You could listen to us, but if you feel that we're four white men <laughs> talking about, it, <laughs> they, um, yeah, sorry. Right. Then, then no, maybe it's a very fair, very fair point, yeah. Niall. Do you think that does this belong in your own personal bottom one hundred, the one hundred worst movies you have ever seen? No, absolutely not. I thought it was just really cute, to be honest. I thought it had like really nice vibes. I there's like three live action Superman films that I prefer this to. You know? I think this is better than quite a few of them, frankly. Because it's just concise and I like you said earlier, it's it's what, ninety seven minutes? Yeah, ninety five, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Ninety five yeah, minutes. Perfect. Yeah. Like a lot of these superhero characters are not interesting enough to fill two and a half hours of film. There's a reason they release like an issue a month. Because that's about the mental space a person should have for them. Um, yeah. To, and to I be fair, Batman be... releases like 10 one issues a month, to be fair. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that, that's another problem with the world. Um, but yeah, and I think they should all be lower budget like this because it makes me actually like connect to it more. Like even the fact it's just a side character... She's in like three scenes, the grandmother, who just wants to open up a restaurant. By the end, she does. I know recently, Darren. I think that's down to the actor, though. And she's, she's living in the, she's living in the house from up as well. Yeah, we're, 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 but sorry. But sorry. recently, Darren, we were talking, I think, on Twitter about like the side characters in the Raimi films, even characters who have like one line and why they're memorable. And I, I connect to this because a lot of characters, like I don't want to rag on them, but like in the Marvel films, like I don't like what does. MJ have outside of being Peter's girlfriend she has nothing in her life you know she's just like there as a prop and there's a lot of characters like that so meanwhile in Lucy in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man you have Lucy Lawless say eight ha- eight arms sounds hot yeah we, we know there Iconic. are perverts in his world and yeah. I love that like I like the <laughs> fleshing out of it yeah so no, I, I quite like this and I like the fact that they go on a weird tangent to explain that in the 90s like idea of uh, gamers was considered very dangerous they are up to something which predicted a lot of the modern world <laughs> i love the idea that today burke has like a, a 4chan account <laughs> a, a guy called big willy too which is fun and that was the nicest uh, arcade i've ever seen it's gorgeous wasn't it it's gorgeous i wouldn't care if they were gun running i'd go there you haven't well, been... could be a part of it yeah you have well, a I might bundle. be a part of it too. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. Niall just wants to belong. <laughs> if I get free tokens at the arcade, arcades are feckin' expensive. Yeah, Jesus, they are. You haven't been to Bundoran. <laughs> <laughs> that is the gaming and gun-running capital of the... Anyway, sorry. You mean... <laughs> we mean Fundoran. Yeah, and we meant fun-running capital of, of the... Other. But, um, all right, so, Andrew, would it be on your own bottom 100, your 100 least favourite movies? Um... It would be in Bad Movie Island, where I am told that um, I must now live on this island, but I, I get 100 bad movies, 
but it has to be a movie that's bad, but also a movie that like I'm. I'm yeah, there are to customs watch. that will stop you if you try to bring a good movie. Exactly, be like, you can't Andrew, trick this... them into bringing like a g- g- genuinely good movie yeah. in. But it's again, like... Andrew, network network doesn't seem like a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, but... exactly. I don't. I'm, like, I'm picturing yeah. you on the island from Last Jedi. Horse <laughs> <laughs> everywhere, making the cuts. <laughs> Darren shows up with a DVD of like steel and he just tosses it over his shoulder. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it would be it would be on Bad Movie Island, but I I'm I'm not mad about this movie at all. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you say you're not mad about, it, do you mean mad like Graham's mad about it, or I'm mad like mad. Niall's mad about it? So are you like angry or are you enthusiastic? When you say mad, like oh sorry, um, uh, no, uh, uh, what I'm not mad at asses. Oh, okay. okay um, right. Yeah, I guess is uh, is, is, is okay. Is, so you're not mad like Graham. You're more mad like Niall. Stop it. <laughs> I do find it weird. Sorry, I know this is really random to bring up. I can't believe this flopped just because I think, like, selling people the idea of Shaq hitting people with a sledgehammer is just... Why didn't that succeed? I think if he had hit more people with sledgehammer... He would have broken the hammer. <laughs> um, I, by the way, can we just pause and acknowledge that no Thor... like? This is coming out after Love and Thunder has released in cinemas. Um, so, like, there's a recurring joke in that movie about Natalie Portman being unable to find a catchphrase for her hammer, and she never settles. Don't spoil. She never settles on hammer time. Well, this is coming out after. afterwards, and like, steel, uh, steel hits hammer time straight away. Yeah, because yeah, but that's probably because he was in vogue at the time. Was 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 he not? Was like was he not in? Was no, he kind of like. I, I think no. what Darren's saying is Steel is better than a new Thor movie. Oh, well, well, well uh, I, I have a note on that. We'll come back to that stop. in a second. Okay, Don't sorry. spoil Thor. Hammer okay, time. Okay, all right, all right. Sorry, I will stop. Anyway, the point that... <laughs> God so damn it, Andrew! To answer <laughs> Niall's question, Niall asked why this bombed. And ignoring the fact that it didn't screen for critics, which is always a sinker and always sets the critical establishment against a movie in particular, ignoring the question of whether or not it is not good and i don't think it's good i i like i don't hate it but i also think it's a stretch to argue that this is a good movie um <laughs> i also think that like it's the summer of 1997 and you know this is the same year that you have say as a contact comes out at the block at the box office Woo! so it's like i don't feel like this is kind of measuring up to contact but the argument that is made uh by kenneth johnson the director and like i actually really like that johnson stands by the movie like he, when he does interviews about the movie, he he doesn't trash the movie. He doesn't talk about how a terrible experience it was, how much he's embarrassed by it or ashamed of it. He kind of talks about it with relatively clear head, which is like, look, I had the budget I had, I had the time I had, I did the best job that I could with the situ- in the situation we were in, and what you got is what you got. But he makes the argument that Warner Brothers' PR campaign uh, was absolutely pants for this movie. And he cites, for example, this was the same year that you had Conspiracy Theory come out, right? And Conspiracy Theory, uh, for those who don't remember, which is absolutely everybody. Is that a Mel Gibson film? Yes, it is. It is a Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts joint film with Patrick Stewart in a supporting I thought that was Julianne Moore. Or is that another one? No. Oh, um, no, it, it is Julia Roberts. That sounds like a conspiracy theory, It, it does, yeah. It's it like does. You, you've been Mandela affected. Um, yeah. In 1997, Julianne Moore was busy appearing in the Lost World Jurassic Park, but we don't have time uh. to discuss that. Um, so you have a movie coming out from Warner Brothers that stars the two biggest movie stars in the world at that moment in time. Uh, it should be a slam dunk, even if it is terrible. And like, for my money, conspiracy theory is fine. So you have the two biggest movie stars in the world starring in a movie that everybody's like, 
It's a movie. What pretty, more do you want from us? Pretty weapon. <laughs> pretty weapon. <yeah. laughs> nice. But it. it oh, he's he's a weapon, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but it underperforms at the box office. They were expecting a forty to fifty million dollar opening, and it didn't even hit twenty million dollars. So the argument there, according to Johnson, is that like Warner Brothers marketing uh, ended up being a complete disaster, and then like. Warner Brothers had a spectacularly awful year in 1997, uh, where it has been described as maybe the weakest year a major studio has had in modern memory. The studio's wow. once dependable hit-making formula of big budgets and big stars, whose fat paychecks were supposed to be justified by their ability to open a movie, seemed to suddenly lose some of its box office magic. And for the first time in years, Warner's earned a total of $600 million in domestic ticket sales, finding itself in third place behind Sony and Disney. This led to a shakeup where the president of Warner Brothers, Bill Gerber, was fired. And like, so Johnson like was having breakfast after Gerber was fired. He invited Gerber to breakfast and he said, look, you know, what were you thinking not giving me what I needed? Up until the last minute, uh, Gerber said, we were thinking about listening to you, about pulling Shaq out and maybe putting in Wesley Snipes or Denzel Washington, someone with clout. And Johnson says, and you didn't because, and Gerber responds, well, we were convinced that we would sell more toys with Shaq's name compared to Wesley Snipes or Denzel Washington. And of course, Johnson replies, you won't sell a toy if the movie doesn't even open. And Gerber says that they were wrong. But yeah, so that is apparently, to answer Niall's question, why the movie only made like under $2 million, $1.6 million at the box office in total. Um, because even bad movies in 1997 could make shed loads of money. Um, but yeah, the reason is that still Warner's, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think if you had Warner Brothers um, do what they would do now, which is also introduce some of their other IP. Yes. Some of it specifically like DC IP, like on the margins. Yeah. Ben Affleck movie. would appear in it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that you would have like George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> 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 adding star power appearing yeah yeah exactly yeah just do like a little bit where it's 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 like yeah um, stay out of gotham exactly yeah something like that <laughs> he just shows up to say that yeah. really no, like, like i feel like with a little bit a bit more of that kind of input this could have been a space jam where it's a bad movie that is beloved <laughs> As opposed yeah. to a a, a, reason, a a not great movie you that can't is hated. convince these people that it's bad because <laughs> yeah. they it has things that they like. It. It's so much of their identity is that. I mean, like you don't want to say it, but like it is missing a a beat with like R. Kelly. You could have an R. Kelly song. <laughs> that too dark. Yeah, I'm, is that too dark. Uh, no, 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 no. Space Jam did. Um, like they obviously did the, the, the um like a ter- terrible person, but it has has bangers. Um. <laughs> um anyway so so to bring us back to the discussion of this movie um so yeah no i i it wouldn't be on my bottom 100 either darren can i just ask just because you said um a few seconds ago that this film was hated is like is that the temperature on this or is this just not really thought about do, do nerds like actively dislike this well they dislike everything but you know 
Is this hated? But this is the thing, right? Where it's like it's on the bottom 100, which implies a certain level of vitriol. Right. Like we've yeah. talked in the podcast before about how it would be impossible for a modern studio blockbuster to get on the bottom 100, right? So it's impossible for Jurassic World Dominion, no matter how bad it is, to end up on the bottom 100 because you have people, as Andrew said, whose identities are tied up in supporting these IPs and upvoting it. Something like Fanforce. Unless they feel betrayed by it. But, but, but even like, then, even then, it's more of a contentious thing. So, like, you know, I mean, right. like Rise of Skywalker never ended up on the bottom 100, for or example. Justice League. Even yeah. though it is, Ju- like, even, yeah, yeah, Justice League. There's vitriol to that. Yeah. And like, but, but like, there's back and forth there. There's like, again, that sense of, well, somebody's got to fight for it because... At uh, least people are spending billions on the thing that I like. Yes, and I feel validated by that. Yeah. And it's like... What drove me crazy was just looking at the reviews for this and how many critics would like use like corny or cheap as insults it's like well you know what's wrong with being corny you know that seems like a very strange thing to get hung up on so that's why i'm like did this just make it that low because it was cheap i think we talked about this i think like andrew made a very astute point where like the movie and again a while ago i can't remember what movie it was we were discussing i don't think it was superman 4 it was maybe catwoman where like the movies the superhero movies that end up the masterpiece that is catwoman uh the movies that (laughs) that tend to make the bottom 100 are not movies that are bad they're movies that make people angry like, they're movies that embarrass people, that movies kind of like, we're, we're kind of, again, I say this as a nerd myself, so I, I have the liberty of saying this, but where nerds go to the cinema and they see something and they feel disrespected or insulted by it. They feel like it doesn't validate them. It doesn't uh, adhere to their expectation of the character or the world, and it doesn't make them feel special or included or like they're the primary audience for it. And I feel like maybe that's a large part of this, where this is a kid's movie. Like, this is, this is a movie aimed at kids, and I can see, particularly in the modern climate, and this is something I think we, I want to talk about in the spoiler zone, because Andrew, Andrew, in his very combative way, has a way of observing that so much of modern pop culture is movies for kids, and I think that's entirely fair. So much of the modern pop culture discourse is movies for kids, and a lot of those movies disguise themselves as movies for adults, um, to make adults feel more comfortable watching them in some way, which is, you know, you don't have to feel embarrassed watching them, but I think Andrew's made the point. Is that fair to say? Am I misrepresenting yeah, this quote? Yeah, we're, we're, like, Robocop is an adult's movie that sells a lot of toys. Yeah. Um, it, I had one. Yeah, but that it, that it's not a kid's movie, that kids should not be watching it. The original no. Robocop, yeah. yes. But they all do. Uh-huh. Exactly. But I don't it's a great ever, time. I don't think I ever watched the film when I got the toy. Yeah. But, 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 but like, it's, it's like, so you have these characters who are kind of molded in ways that are treat them as super serious. And I think there are good ways of doing that. And I think that like Nolan's Batman trilogy is fantastic and all this sort of stuff, but there are points where, like those? I, surprisingly, <laughs> I know, I, I don't know, I, I don't know why it never came up before, by the way, let's talk cheap and corny for me. Let's, but, let's yeah. talk about how this is a major influence on the Dark Knight Rises, but we'll come back to that one. Um, nope. I actually have a note on that, uh, but, <laughs> of course you do. but the main thing that I was going to say is that like. This movie does not do that. It affirms it's a movie for kids. And very quickly going to throw in a topical Love and Thunder reference. One of the things that I do like about Love and Thunder is that it feels like it's a modern superhero movie that understands this is a kid's movie and its audience is primarily children. And that is something that for all my issues with Love and Thunder, I love about it. And it feels so rare and refreshing where you're watching so many of these movies and they're like, we're serious. Take us seriously. We're grown up stuff. This is important now. This is the culture. And I wonder if part of the reason why this is on the bottom 100 is because it is a kid's movie. Or it, like it, it, You have people who are in their 20s or 30s who've like read Steel comics and value Steel as a character, as an adult, and are like, this insults me. Yeah. This offends me. Like that, I, I, I think, 
you 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 could either laud or criticize, say, um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness for like the the brutality of that. Where if I had like a like a child yeah. or a niece or a nephew, that I I would feel you um, it as upset a that I that I that I brought them to 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 that movie. But, and and in in fairness, it's 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 a kind of like a transgressive thing. But you've created. This, this expectation yeah yeah you 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 know it's a disney movie that they, they you know that 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 you you've already kind of like uh made this kind of like expectation that like the these are kids movies and then you you kind of like do okay. that and anyway not sorry. not to get on the doctor strange thing again which i like much more than anybody else on that podcast but i was like i like as an eight-year-old kid i would have loved that like i love the mm. like Doctor Strange is perfect for eight-year-old me. I would have been like, "Yeah, crush the robots, break the robots, bisect this piece person." Like, but you know, give me the. the... I like. I, I liked the the um like lots of doc- like like the 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 kind of um, we're not in the spoiler zone. No, but, uh, some of, some of the um kind of um let's just say like, like appearances, characters, yeah, yes. stuff at at the in towards the, the end of the movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, and then final question, just to throw this open to the group. So, Graham, if listeners have not seen Steel, would you recommend that they pause the podcast and stream it to a local device? Um, no, uh, I don't think it's worth their time. I know it's an hour and a half. I know you guys are saying that it's fun and it's it's you know it's 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 a bit of, it's a bit of camp fun, but no, I don't think it's interesting enough. That's that's the biggest kind of detriment I have for it. It's like. It's it's kind of a, it's a slight bit and I, actually it is funny how you say it because I now do sound like one of those people. It is a betrayal Sorry. of the character. Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. That's why uh, it's we a bit have of a betrayal you. of the character, and it's interesting because people may know this now um, who are listening to podcasts, but Steel is actually in modern modern um, television right now. He's on the Superman and Lois show, um, like full like, the, and they've combined his original origin story with his. With the origin story that's actually in this, he's a military person who actually wants to fight Superman because um, he lost his wife to him in an alternate dimension. And he has his daughter with him and he takes on the mantle of steel. He's not been called it yet, but like he has the hammer and everything. He's super intelligent and he's a really interesting character. And then you see him in this and it's it's really boring it's really dull and it's just funny that i've now seen two separate iterations of steel and i was able to compare how compare the differences and yeah i think the character of steel comes off very um mundane in this shack doesn't have the um i suppose because i because i know that he like I, I do know that he like memorized his lines while he was while he was like he had his lines memorized when he was uh still playing uh basketball when he was yeah. in the olympics yeah. i think yeah which which is incredible dedication but i don't think he has and i don't i don't know what the word would be because like, he does charisma he screen affable. presence uh... no 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 he's affable in that in that sense it, but he when he says when he t- t- says these lines of uh science jargon basically i don't believe him i don't believe that he understands what's going on while you have the other characters sorry other actors who've portrayed steel in the past and present when they say the lines that uh describing their science and describing their method methodology and that you believe them I, so to me it's just Shaq wasn't up to the challenge i think of playing a character with as much depth as steel and that's kind of my biggest kind of 
issue with it, uh, I think. I, I just, no, I don't think it's worth anyone's time to watch it. I mean, like, yeah, you'll get probably some chuckles. If you're looking for, if you're a fan of Shaq, I'd say, yeah, you probably would enjoy this, especially if you enjoyed Kazam, because it's an upgrade from that. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, Shaq is a great, is a great guy. Like, when he pops up in films, I'm, I, I am excited because he is a fun guy and he clearly is having a blast whenever he's in a film. But he's not, he's not, he's not up to the challenge of playing Steel. And I think that was a bit of a disservice to the character. I'm really glad. And I'm not angry, but like. I'm really glad how many people in this meeting room are really appreciating Shaquille O'Neal. I think it's a real love shack we got going on here. Um, but Niall, would you recommend that listeners pause the podcast and stream sh- uh, Steel to a local device? Well, it's, it's always a funny thing when you ask that, because I always feel like if you've listened to the podcast this long, you should probably check out what we're talking about. Almost, almost as long as the movie itself at this point. At this point. Yeah, we're reaching that point now. Graham showed up and was like, I don't want to spend three hours talking about yeah. Steel. Surely, surely we can't. Don't worry, we, we, we won't. We'll be talking about Shaq. But, but yeah, no, but I think... Um, I think it's a nice watch, to be honest. I think it'd be especially good for a hangover viewing, mm-hmm. if you were like really reeling because it's just nice it's quite gentle hypothetically like, like graham said it's like shaq is just a very affable presence i know he's not like an amazing actor but i just like looking at him when he's like smiling at people it just Great seems smile. to be you know trying his trying his best and it's just cool to see a giant man you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> we don't get enough giant men in movies yeah. i mean uh, not to spoil it but like th- this is a movie in which a seven foot tall black man like identifies himself as a superhero wearing a mask and it isn't until somebody describes him as very polite that anybody that, realizes that this oh, other seven foot tall black guy who has literally just returned home is also steel like it does cross a boundary in that i have a rule generally about superhero films where if they've not set themselves up as a superhero in the first half hour I think they're very badly paced. This goes a bit too long before he starts to actually dress it's like 45 up. 45 minutes. It's like 45 minutes. It's a bit long. It's definitely over the half hour mark. Mm. But, you know, I just like hanging out in this movie quite a bit. I think it's just good vibes. And I think there's some good messages uh, for kids. There's a line that did make me laugh, though, where Shaq's talking about the damage his weapons can do. He's like, yeah, it could... It could get cops killed or kids. <laughs> like, that's a very interesting. <laughs> the two demographics. <laughs> the two demographics. It's a very interesting list of priorities. But, uh, but no, I, I thought it was a. I thought it was a, a fine time, especially after I was kind of very tired from a lot of travel. It was nice to sink into that like shack bathtub, which I suppose would be a, a swimming a huge pool. bathtub. <laughs> so, would you recommend getting hammered and then watching Steel? I wouldn't be drunk watching it because I was drunk finishing it and I didn't remember any of it, so I had to rewatch <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> I was trying to remember, was there a bit where Shaq was arrested at his grandma's house? Yeah. And it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's still pretty intense, that scene, How does she actually. not know that he's, sh- that he's steel now when, like, literally the what? FBI just, like, she- jumped through Okay, okay, window. this is... Okay, look, we'll come back to that. Look, no spoilers, Graham. Yeah. Um, Andrew, would you recommend that listeners pause the podcast and watch Steel? I would, yeah. The, like he has a winning smile, and like if it's it, you can kind of not pay attention to it and watch certain parts, and it's like, oh yeah, this is the bit when, yeah. um, like it, it's it's weird because like there you're gonna watch it, but also like it's not out currently, so there are no happy meals, um, <laughs> <laughs> like the you know around it. Actually, that, that's probably what this movie needed. I suspect that they probably didn't do a uh, fast food tie-in. 
Um, I, I mean, the Burke action figures just sell themselves, right? <laughs> you've got like a Mandarin. I, you've got he's wearing like a. Is it the, what's the? Is it the what's the suit called? The. I don't. Um, I don't. Do, 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 you, Three piece. Nefertiti, like the, the special you, kind of suit. You that have he has a Willy action figure, <laughs> and you have obviously a big Willy action figure. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I'll play with that. And then, and and you have Sparky, and yeah. you have Steel. And maybe yeah, that that incredibly well designed suit that is grey as hell. Maybe Grandma as well. Yeah, and, oh, and Odessa. And Odessa, Odessa comes with her own like little playhouse set because that does look yeah. like it should be a little playhouse. Um, yeah, and you can like rise the souffle. souffle like, yeah, souffle. this is That's a lot you, for you swap a happy them out. Yeah, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Those are her gimmicks. You could swap out the deflated souffle for an inflated souffle. You're losing um, money on the on the entire <laughs> meal at this point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that they're like Darren. You're very committed to the Odessa action figure. It feels like you're not paying enough attention to the Burke and. <laughs> How are we going to fit this like entire entire doll's house to go along with your? If meal? this film came out now, we'd have to suffer like Funko Pops for all of these characters. Oh, because that's just like the there'd culture a, of these films. There, there, yeah. There'd be a sideshow toy. There'd be a hot toy suit of steel with like him just like changing from like he's like serious to like smile. I don't like, like his the, two emotions. I don't like the idea of a Shaq Funko Pop because you're reducing. <laughs> Him yeah, but to, about, like a, a certain size. About yeah. to say, is yeah. it twice? Is it like two punko tops on top of each other? You have to buy like the two like, halves and assemble it. It, sh- it should be like if you've ever seen, because I've got one here. I've got um, one of the Iron Man uh, Hulkbuster suit Funko Pop, which is like it's like twice the size of a normal okay. Funko Pop. That should be that should be that should be steel. All right. Um, oh, a Shack Buster. Shack Buster, <laughs> nice. Oh, and, that'd be cool. And for, that's for myself. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, I don't love this movie. I don't think it's amazing or brilliant or spectacular. I think it's quite dodgy in some ways, but it's also fun and interesting in the way that like bad movies were allowed to be back before they were focus grouped uh, into like mindless inanity. Like, I have sat through worse movies at press screenings this year. Then I have watched this. Ooh, movie. name one. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Just very yeah, easy. That's a very easy yeah, one to name. Yeah, very... um, but yeah, so no, like, yeah, check it out if you're at all curious, and particularly if you're interested in the history of superhero cinema as like an artifact of that like rare gap before the genre gets to Blade, X Men, and Spider Man, which reinvents Ooh. and reinvigorates the genre until like Iron Man arrives, and it's just like this is what these are now. Um, so yeah, I, I would check it out if you were at all curious. If you listen to us chat for almost as long as the film is at this point. Um, I would say I think we're longer now um, oh yeah so that is what I would I would recommend alright then with that in mind we'll segue neatly into the spoiler zone spoiler zone so Nile, what is steel about for you it's it's tough because I was watching it like trying to figure out its exact kind of messaging because it like you just mentioned Iron Man it is like a proto Iron Man because it's about this person who designs military weapons who ends up becoming like an armored vigilante as well but it seems like the message of it is the military industrial complex isn't the problem it's that Judd Nelson <laughs> will use it to smuggle guns and video game machines. So it's very muddled in that way. He, yeah, but, um, he, I, yeah, I think he's a contractor. He's not trying to. Uh, uh, sorry. He's not a patriot. He's well, not no, a believer. He's yeah. not trying to privatize uh, world peace. <laughs> he's, 
he he is um working kind of like against that <laughs> sorry sorry I, I sorry um to be clear jordan nelson isn't working for for, for world beats although presumably if you if if you if you destroy if you kill all people <laughs> you don't go to prison with the, all right ultron with, with the with this uh with this device that um like uh it's not it's not going to create a nuclear winter uh, I mean, you might pulverize some drums, critters, and things. Okay, uh, can I, I? I actually did not hate Burke in this movie as a villain. I thought Burke was like he's the rare villain who has like an actual plan that makes a reasonable amount of sense. Which is like, I love the detail of he's going to lease you the guns and sell yeah. you the energy that you need. Where again, he's the worst landlord. Well, that that's it. But it's a sustainable business model for him, where it's like he will continue to make money off this for as long as people continue. <laughs> and you ha- you have your replacements, but they no longer re- stock those. Yeah, that's you have a, to yeah, buy you a new razor. That's <laughs> Steve Jobs. Yeah, pretty much. Like, and again, oh god, and like this is the part where I'm like, am I giving the movie far? far too much credit and the answer is yes Darren Darren definitely is I was worried as well like that like how does this make sense because you're 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 trying to sell this thing to the world and instead you're like robbing banks so like you're 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 taking away your your credibility was like oh no it's it's kind of like the dark web which is at this point is the the internet i love that the yes. neo-nazis are like there's more than just porn on here um yeah but like, and again like how scared this thing is of new technology it's a very like 90s movie where it's like kids are going to arcades and they're ending up joining gangs shooting guns robbing banks it's just one small step that gets you yeah. to the next thing did it where 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 the internet is um, that tree in the woods <laughs> where you find <laughs> that, the porn. that has porno <laughs> and maybe a gun? <laughs> maybe. But like, here's: a, am I giving the movie too much credit? Where it's like, can you read this as an allegory for things like? <laughs> there we go. Andrew, Andrew's like, Andrew's like, if you have to ask the question, the second you say allegory, yes. The mo- Andrew, Andrew's like, the moment you have to ask that question, the answer Hold is on, yes. Wait. Yeah, just there is a push westward. There, there, um, he does return to LA uh, with those Darren tropes, but no, okay. So this is a story about a white guy who arrives in South Central LA who sells something that he's, he's a former member of the military industrial complex. He's been working on stuff with them. He's been like preparing stuff for them. He arrives in South Central LA. He's offloading all this material into African-American neighborhoods. He's not, he seems, you know, obviously he does pitch to other people. There are people in limos and stuff like that. He's willing to sell to neo-Nazis. But it's like he's selling predominantly in African-American neighborhoods using African-American kids. testing them. Yeah. Is... Is this a metaphor for the CIA smuggling drugs into African-American communities during the 1980s? Like, because it's like, and the weapons that he's selling, he's not selling the weapons themselves as a one-off purchase. You get the gun and that gets you hooked. And then he's got you on the line and he's selling you all this stuff you need. You gotta have it, you know? And it's like... Darren, I think the director needed you... In the nineties, for this, Darren, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> I, I think the the military and the police are the good guys in yeah. in in, yeah. in this movie, and and the, bit misguided, the, but good, still good. The point of view is very clear. Yeah, like that 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 he is a rogue, and that he 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 doesn't kind of like they, represent. I, I, I mean, the CIA aren't in this, but I imagine they would also be good guys. Yeah, I still I still trying to understand how he didn't go to prison. He killed someone. 
That's the well, again because because the military. Who's that work? Yeah, he was. <laughs> yes, yeah. But like, but like, like, and it's a weird comparison because I thought about it when I was watching the film. I was like, didn't the A team go to prison for like a similar? Like people thought they had killed and, a bunch and, of people and an annoyed bank job. It was a robbery. Um, so a bank robbery is worse than than it killing a senator. Well, I mean, it's also you're covering this up because it presumably implicates the military in testing all these weapons and stuff like that. You don't necessarily want the publicity around. Oh, by the way, we were testing these potentially war crime esque weapons. Uh, well, oh. no, they're they're meant to be non lethal. Yeah, <laughs> meant to be, meant to be. Yeah, they 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 and and I feel like that was a real kind of like I remember reading magazines in the nineties like about all of these kind Graham, of Graham, like, did we lose you? Versions no. of um of like non lethal weaponry. But like, uh, okay, and again, like the sorry, no, no worries. So, can we talk about like the weird police stuff in this movie? Because yeah, you're right. The police are presented generally as good guys, but there's also an element of like Shaq is fleeing the police early on. He's being chased by the blues, and the element of like the police intruding into the grandmother's house, which is presented as something of like a horrendous scene where we're asked to like cheer on Shaq as he like wrestles with them and throws them to the ground and kind of messes with them. And, like, you arguably have, like, the one good cop is the cop who refuses to identify him. But you also have, like, Gary Graham, who's like, I don't care about procedure. Just get in there and say it's him. Um, hey, now, he, he also had the other guy who was dry, who was in the same patrol car who was clearly a fan. <laughs> Every time he saw him, he was happy. Breed pointed out that in one scene, when he found out that they were chasing him, he was like, yay! <laughs> he looked really I'm, happy when I'm, he was like, yeah! I'm just happy him. to be here. Um, but, okay, and that, you mean during the Dark Knight Rises chase scene, right? Oh, don't. Uh, you mean the steel chase scene? That clearly, like, I mean, Dark Knight Rises <laughs> has a steel chase scene. But the sequence yeah. where, yeah, he's on the motorbike being chased by police cars. And, like, a you, motorbike that clearly cannot handle him. And you even have that sequence where, like, is it like Joseph Gordon-Levitt turns to Matthew Modine and is like, is that enough of a bat for you? Where he's like, maybe he went to the bat cave. And I'm like, was Christopher Nolan in 1997 watching Steel with a notepad going... I can do this because there's a lot of like you watch <laughs> you watch terrible 90s superhero movies like say The Shadow with Alec Baldwin and you're watching it and the opening act of The Shadow is basically the opening act of Batman Begins which is this white guy goes to the Himalayas yeah. and has like a vaguely mystical experience and then yeah. returns to a city where they've announced him dead but he's already a billionaire playboy and enacts a war on crime and part of me is like Wait, was Nolan secretly like a '90s bad superhero movie fan who was to be like? To fair, he might have been. A, he might have been a '60s bad superhero fan because he all the, the storyline of Batman. Uh, sorry, The Dark Knight Rises ends the same way that um, the Batman '66 film ends with him and Batman '66 is a very good Batman. I love Batman '66 with the bomb. You some days you can't get rid of him. Some days you can't get rid of a bomb. Well, no, like like with him. Yeah, with him. Yeah, with the bomb. Yeah. We should say as well that that, that uh, Christopher Nolan m- might be a secret '90s like bad superhero uh, uh, f- uh, film fan, but he he's also an open kind of 2010s bad superhero film uh, executive producer, right? <laughs> Don't you dare! But, but, Don't no, you that, dare that he, say it! He's watched Co- co-writer those, those on Man of Steel. Uh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you knew I was here. You knew this would happen. <laughs> 
Yes, that was my long game when I set up the Shaquille Shaquille O'Neal motorcycle chase sequence. But yeah, I I don't know. Like, that's the thing, like, with the movie's presentation of the cops, where it's like, it is, I think Andrew's right, it is a pro-establishment movie, where you literally have the military sweep in, and, like, I love that the the cars all leave the illegal arms sales in a convoy, where it's like, Mm. so... Should we let the neo-Nazis follow us? Like, should we maybe just, like, wave the pass <laughs> and, like, just let them kind of, like, go left and, and we just kind of wait and chill? It's like, no, no, no. We're moving, no, no, like, a, definitely go right. a convoy definitely of right. illegal arms purchasers where we could be just, like, swooped down and have the military arrest us. I, I was surprised at the amount of helicopter work that was in this film. <laughs> but, like, seriously, no, but, like, seriously, like, it's like, helicopters are money. And I was like, this looks kind of impressive with, like, him, like, having to avoid helicopters. There's a scene where he literally saves your man, uh, one of the police officers, from the helicopter falling on him. There's no, <laughs> it's like, there's no reflection on the people inside the helicopter who died. No. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's nobody seems that worried about, like, collateral damage and casualties that are happening in this movie as it unfolds. I mean, like, again... There's should... very little, by the way. But I, I think they forget that... The, there's people inside Sound bounces. the helicopter. Yeah, that's fair. And I love that the helicopter just like stays in midair after it explodes. One of those classic like old 80s, 90s film effects where it's like we have the prop and we have the explosion. We can't film it exploding and falling at the same time. So it explodes and then it falls, which I quite like. There's enough time between the helicopter exploding for Steel to realize that he needs to push the cop out of the way. But yeah, like that. that's presumably where like... I guess 10 of the $16 million budget went was on those helicopter shots, Uh, which I think is a reasonably smart investment. As Andrew said, it's like, what are you going to do? Spend that money on Morgan Freeman? Um, Danzel Washington? (laughs) I can't figure out if the, the moment where he hands the wallet back to, to, to the couple. um, And then makes this kind of undignified exit on an escalator. Oh, I, I God. Can, I, I can't decide if that's like... <laughs> that's really bad. That's Skinner amazing terrible. or if that's what was it, terrible. What was, what was the line? Stay cool. And he's just like... Dun, 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 dun. But, it looked like he was trying to fly. But I, lo- I love... I like love that slowly going up the yeah. escalator. <laughs> I love that they don't like, cut the shot. With, with, with like just a blank face. <laughs> like blank expression. Yeah. But I love that they don't cut the shot. They leave enough time for you to see like him stand for like two or three kind of steps up and then realize that this is not dramatic or impressive so he turns around and starts running and up running up but i love that they don't like cut it's just like no that's it's, that all stays in the movie it's it's a problem in a bunch of the it's a problem in the film and there's a bunch of shots where it's like cut now yeah. no no you're still waiting too long cut now the smile is nice but now it's creepy cut now i have him go on an escalator <laughs> Are there any fans of uh, I think you should leave? Because <laughs> yeah, yes, I yes. kept thinking that I've got too much shit on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat the hot dog, don't be a hot dog. Which <laughs> is actually a point. Uh, by the way, it was pork. Was. <laughs> oh, that, line, that line, by the way, uh-huh, it was pork. I love, by the way, that all it takes is the assurance that it's turkey and he just kind of gobbles it down. Um, but yeah, no, I mean... That was a nice little moment, I thought. They had a little <laughs> conversation about the meat. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. A bit, a bit of character too. The character depth, but like Uh, in terms of like, okay, so let's talk about the costume. Tarantino saw that. (laughs) Oh my god! So I'm so glad you're talking about the costume. Oh my god, I hated it. Would you like to elaborate, Graham? Yeah, sure. uh, Sure. Everything. Everything is wrong with it. It's not actually. It's not actually made of steel. Um, It's incredibly easy to kill him if anyone was in any kind of a shot, and he's fighting military people. So like, it's like. I'm just gonna walk around in a steel suit of armor, though. How does he do 
comics. I think like, um, he doesn't. He doesn't. They're going. still images, and they they're panels. Like <laughs> fine, fine, fine. So, okay, okay. That, that's Shaq's very fair. a big man, but I don't think he could move around that easily. I think no. great. He can't move around that easily. We see him run in the film, and it looks very laborious for him. It's very Robocop, uh, I, I think. Yeah, I, I'll, um, I'll defend Graham a bit because you 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 can say you can say that like kind of Batman thing of like, well, Batman could also be shot in the face. But Batman doesn't like stand kind of like wild, wild, wilder shooting. Um, no. He kind of does in the Batman though, in that hallway scene. Yeah, but he's always making slowly sure he... towards them. That is scene. correct. But yeah, it is yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's also stupid fact, but it's also it's also like dramatically interesting though. Is the thing like it's yeah, shot, it's, it's, yeah. it's shot well. Like it looks beautiful yeah. as opposed to I, just Steel standing there and getting shot in the crotch. I mean, the the thing that, and the butt and the and the butt. That's cool. Um, buns of steel. Um, I, I, I suppose what I needed was I I actually needed the cape. I mean, that's I, that's that's just me. But I needed the cape for a pop of color because my God, was that color boring? Who's gonna make the cape? <laughs> his mother, his grandmother. I suppose. There, I did it. I fixed it. He, just, she, he needed. He can needs I just check tape. in again, Graham? You're, you're not yeah. angry about this movie. <laughs> no, right? not at all. Sorry. No. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> and there's also the fact that his his hammer is never a hammer. His hammer is never a hammer. It's a gun. <laughs> it's a cannon. It's a shockwave. It's like he, he never used it as a hammer. And there's a lot of cool moments where he could have used it as a hammer. Like when the I car comes at him, that, yeah. he could have used the same the same technology. That you know shoots the sound waves. He could have used it in the hammer. Like that, I mean, like there's multiple things he could have done. It's just the fact that he's iconic. The character is known for he throws the hammer and he uses the magnets to bring it back to him. Um, he can use it to, like uh, because of the suit, he has superhuman strength and durability. But for some reason, he doesn't actually need the suit in the film because Shaq seems to have those powers already. I disagree uh, with the term iconic used there. <laughs> I think Steel Steel is a pretty niche character. I, I don't know if you could call him iconic. Oh, fine. Shaq's okay. iconic. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Then do, do do the combination of that where he uses the hammer and a Shaq saying Shaq time. I don't know. Shaq time. Shaq time. <laughs> it's Shaq time. It's Shaq week. It's Shaq week. Uh, it, it's 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 just I don't know. It's just I, I needed the I needed the suit to pop, and the suit was so mundane and bland, and it did look like it came out of a scra- scrapyard. That's the weirdest part of the authenticity well, no, of it. It's it, like, it does feel like it. And I, for some, like, like I felt like this kind of... Um, I'm sorry. Scrapyard sex toy. But then, <laughs> which, which made me kind of <laughs> then start to like it. It's like, because it was a scrapyard sex like toy. At it and it's kind of, I That's don't a know. great band name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good band name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I do, sorry. I do love the idea that Sparks put in certain special functionality in that costume. Um, but like, okay, so Graham did mention this. It's it's worth acknowledging several things about the costume. First of all, as ever, Johnson's argument is that A, they didn't have the budget and B, they didn't have the time. And that is why the costume looks the way that it does. Uh, B, is that like one of the big things about the movie coming from Quincy Jones, who was like rang up, it's like Warner Brothers, I want you to make this movie is that, and here's the quote, um, he stated he found children's perspective on the future has changed for the worse, and I hate seeing young people who don't believe in the future. Steel, and I don't want to use that word superhero because he doesn't fly or anything like that, represents a role model. Let's just call him a superhuman being. 
Joel Simon, the producer, uh, stated the costume was designed to reflect a knight in shining armor in a contemporary setting, mm -hmm. and Johnson removed Steele's cape from his costume yeah. to reflect that. And there's that sense of, again, this is the late 90s where superhero movies aren't as mainstream or ubiquitous as they are now. So there's a sense of maybe it might be more profitable if we don't refer to him as a superhero, if we don't identify him as a superhero. Uh, so yeah, I think there there's an interesting kind of tension there. Well, it, it, yeah, it's definitely the the um, the the he he is he is a dark knight and he he rises. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they, I I I I I I think they they it it does come across that idea of him as a knight in shining armor and and less of a conventional superhero and stuff like that. I mean, can I like? For me, the thing with the costume, the costume itself, whatever issues exist with it, it's the mask. The mask yeah. is looks terrible. The mask is is like a mistake. Even if Shaq just like wore the suit and didn't have a mask or had like a domino mask or something, I think it would look better. But the mask that he has just like flattened. Looks like MF Doom. <laughs> He does. Ooh. I don't no, think no. I, Doom, I, Doom I, has sharper Doom edges is, on the is, yeah. is, is, is Doom's one is I said actually like, not, not exactly. No, I, no, yeah, no. Because yeah. I know what Nile's getting at. MF Doom's Doom's. Um, I think is actually metal. I don't think Shaq's was. I think that's the reason why it like if it was metal, it probably would have actually looked like MF Doom's M mask. MF Doom's is like the gladiator mask, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. kind of. But it is based on Doctor Doom, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah. 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 the name implies. What yeah. I find funny about the what I find funny about the mask is he's one of the rare superheroes in his film that does not take it off. There's no yeah. point in the film where Shaq looks like he unveils himself or or miraculously it gets shot off or exploded off or anything, and you see more of his face. It's one of the rare times where a superhero doesn't take off their mask because we need the money shot of the of the you know the name, which is really funny for a film that is basically a vehicle for just him. Yeah. I so I found that I found that a weird kind of like. like weird kind of thing they didn't do i i actually I think it's quite cool they don't <laughs> yeah no no i do as yeah. well i just wish that the mask was better yeah. i actually do and they come come to think i do actually agree with niall in terms of like in the flesh mf doom's uh mask is kind of crappy um but in the kind of iconography it's really cool um yeah and maybe it's a similar kind of thing here. Like, they have the big moment where he's unveiled, where, like, John Hawke's future Oscar winner, I believe, uh, is, like, stolen somebody's wallet. And they have the moment where, like, Steel walks through this kind of smoky stack sort of thing, and the camera's like, ooh, you're going to wait. It's going to be unveiled. The first time you're seeing him in the full costume, it's going to be a big moment. And then he just kind of walks out, and it's just... Uh, dead. It's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't land at all. Which is kind I'm of... Shackman. <laughs> John Hawke's like, what are you? <laughs> Where are you? Um, it's like, hey, hi. Hi. He's, he's kind of like, you know... That is kind of how he introduces a... Sort of yeah. nice guy. Yeah. Like, uh, hello. Hi. Uh, I'm... I'm yeah. I'm Steel? And Steel. Does he ever actually get yeah. called Steel? They call him the Man of Steel. And the somebody, man of steel, and somebody yeah. else will say steel. So it's like that man of, and then somebody will say steel. Um, yeah. But like, and again, the weird racial politics of this, as we said, kind of the thing where like, because we are four white guys on a podcast, we should feel very comfortable talking about this. But things like, you know, we mentioned the weird, are the police good or bad? Is the army good or bad? But the weird like optics of he is a superhero operating in South Central. 
And the only people unrelated to the plot you see him help are two rich white people who seem to have wandered into <laughs> South Central by accident. So he yeah. like returns their returns yeah, their wallet. It's a public wallet. relations thing. Yeah, that's ex- yeah. and it has this weird like respectabilities politics moment where he's like, I don't remember what it says, but it's very much like I hope you don't judge. I hope you have a wonderful night. It's kind of like I hope you don't associate what happened to you here now. I hope this didn't ruin your experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe listen. Maybe it is the DC universe. It's the multiverse, and he just saved Martha and Thomas Wayne. You know, I think he did. She had she had pearls. I was just like, I think did they try to do a Batman thing here? Canonically, that is uh, uh, Thomas and Martha. Um, Thank you, thank you, Andrew. Um, (laughs) And and just like in terms of kind of just other stuff to talk about this, like. The, you mentioned like the the fact that it's kind of embarrassed being a superhero movie, but it's also weird how there are elements of it even outside of the Dark Knight Rises or Steel motorcycle chase sequence that you have moments like the conversation with his gran, which oddly enough reminds me of the conversations that you'll have oh, in yeah. say Super Spider Man Two, Spider-Man two. Yeah. where like mm. it's like does she know? And, like, it's very clear that she kind of does know, but she's not going to acknowledge as much. Because Gra- Graham earlier was like, how does she not know when the cops break into the house? And it's like, no, she knows. She figured out from the news report. That's why you saw her reaction. And she's mm. talking about Steele in the third person because she's also talking to John Henry, her grandson. But you have, like, it's not as, it's obviously nowhere near as good as that Rosemary nope. Harris scene in Spider-Man 2 where she's like, this Spider-Man gives young men hope. And there's not enough of that in this world. I don't know why yeah, she sounds yeah. like this. Why is she British? <laughs> well, she is British, isn't she? Oh, Rosemary Harris. Not in the film. Okay. That was like the Queen's speech. That was lovely. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Rosemary One must always of, be ready. It's the, it's the New England kind of... Um, I m- m- remember trying to do that accent and not sound English, where it's like Connecticut yeah. or like upper kind of New York, where... where where um where where is kind of um because that's what she's doing in the Raimi Spider Man movies, yeah. but she's from Queens. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess she's fallen on hard times. I guess I, I suppose. Any anyway, the the I I I I I like the point that Niall made about um uh, Richard Roundtree kind of needing a little bit more because you have a moment where he's. Um, confronted by a man with a gun, and then Airbud jumps in <laughs> and like saves. I him. did check; it's not Airbud. Yeah, I, I was like, "How many golden well, retrievers can there be? <laughs> yeah. How many golden retrievers can be working in Hollywood in that period it's, of time?" It's, it's not any mm. of the Airbuds. <laughs> That's fair point. I don't know if it's a later Airbud, but it's not the Airbud from Airbud. Right? Because unfortunately, oh. the dog from Airbud uh, died of cancer. It's a very sad story. Oh. But the good news is that not to bring the mood down. I I don't think that is true, Darren. I believe the dog from Airbud went to a farm upstate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To help uh, quit smoking. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The the um, and there is an Airbud. There is a soccer Airbud, and that there is kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Again, like, but that's a, that's like a great sign. But I think this film knew its tone quite well. Is having a scene where a dog saves a day. You know, it is like very kid stuff. And it's nice. I can't think of another superhero film where a dog saves a day. <laughs> and again, like, that's the thing where it's like the argument about like undervaluing kid stuff, where it's like, like, is saying it's kid stuff an excuse for it being bad? Because kid stuff doesn't have to be bad. Pixar is kid stuff and is good. Um, and I, I think like, I do think this is not great, but I also do admire that it is unashamedly kid stuff like it's never it doesn't seem embarrassed by that the stuff. wheelchair gun and rocket uh, <laughs> yeah. thing, which like the sequence with sparks yeah 
we um like it's silly but i don't think it ever like betrays its own logic and that's something i would use as like often a criticism of stuff that doesn't care about its audience i think it's quite consistent yeah in its what it wants to be you know i mean like the dog does like shake that t-shirt off its face and catch it in its mouth so you know like they do check off kind of set up the idea of the dog being talented before you actually see it do the thing (laughs) and same thing with sparks where sparks is fixing her chair and she's like i'm making some modifications and you're like damn that is a good Chekhov's gun you guys have set up for the third act and they are they also have the the nolan reference of like what do we do when we fall (laughs) (laughs) i don't think you guys understand how reference like time works (laughs) it's cyclical baby (laughs) it's a flat circle yeah um all right so in terms of of other stuff about the movie I feel odd that I'm the person defending Judd Nelson on this podcast. I don't think he's great here, but I do think he smirks very well. I think the movie gets a lot of mileage out of shots of Judd Nelson turning to the camera and smirking. And I'm like, look, that is the best special effect you could afford. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Like the whole... Yeah, I I think Nihilus right at at the movie knows kind of what it's doing, and that Judd Nelson is like, um, you know, the like the, the most best unsubtle kind of villain <laughs> but 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 i think movies work better when when the vi- when the villain doesn't think of themselves as a villain even even with um even... i think he knows he's the villain that's what andrew's saying um, is the problem yeah yeah is that even kind of like kids movies they that they like up is an example because we have the like the the the, the house from up that, that, that there is an extent to which the, the, and dog. the villain doesn't see himself as a villain. Um, nor do we for kind of, yeah, anyway. An extended period yeah. of time, yeah. Like, I, I think he's actually, he, he knows what he's doing in the film. He's just being like a smarmy jerk. Yeah. I think he does that really well. My only, like I said, I think he just needed a heavy because there's a few goons that cuts to quite a few but he times. But does, he does technically have a heavy, that guy with the super scary deep voice. voice. Yeah. But that, that's the thing, yeah. But he should have, like, he needed to be like more of a heavy. Yeah. They needed yeah. to, like, Iron Man, make their own evil steel suits <laughs> or something. Thank you. There's always, like, and that's very, un- that was a very un-90s thing of them. He never had a person who was... The dark mirror of the hero. The, the dark mirror of the hero, the shadow, whatever you'll say. Um, and also someone, like, who can take him on in a fight. I wanted to, if anything, I would have been interested in seeing him actually fight someone. Everything mm. was, everything was so back, like, because obviously he has a shockwave gun. That's a good note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he he always the the action is always far away, and he's military, so you have to imagine he has some kind of combat training. I mean, like the climax so, of the movie, right? Which is like it's it's Judd Nelson is on a stage making a pitch with the gun, and he's got Steel's hammer, right? And the whole thing is Steel tricks Judd <laughs> Nelson into activating the magnetic thing to move the hammer over to him. So now Steel has the hammer. But uh, you you see, but, they're playing on the they're playing on the Chekhov's gun but, of. He doesn't listen to anyone. But you're listening, which has been laid. Yeah, but <laughs> and also the the hammer is magnetic. Like I'm not look. It's story screenplay logic. It's it's watertight, Graham. There's no notes there. Um, but no, I mean my my issue with it is that like when they stage and film it, like Judd Nelson is never out of Shaquille O'Neal's like reach. Like no. that sequence where he accidentally magnetizes the hammer. Like why doesn't Steel just reach over and grab the hammer? Like, in the physical space that they are sharing in this, like, weird PowerPoint presentation that they're making 
to all the so many people with because there's so many people with guns. Eventually, it's someone will get them in the face. Yeah. I, I was drunk watching that, so oh, I yeah. need to ask a question. <laughs> when when he activates the magnet, does it yeah. disarm the people around us? No, no. it doesn't. It okay. only it only takes the, it, it only takes the thing, even though they're all in range. Yeah, yeah like it will be one thing if activating the magnet then like magnetized all the guns and bullets and everything like it did during the gang shootout, but it literally is just a way for Steel to get the hammer that was never out of his arm's reach at all, and like. That's the thing about the movie. And like, again, not to be the Judd Nelson defender on the podcast, but like the weird thing about casting Judd Nelson, and I guess it's a weird thing just in general with this movie is they never try a scully box. They never do anything where like to make the actors seem like even just less small when they're in scenes with Shaq, where they like use perspective or put them on boxes or anything like that. So like you have the moment where like after Judd Nelson has been court-martialed and he comes out and he delivers like the, you better watch your back, buddy. Like they- And he's about to sweat and he's about to say a very naughty word. Yeah, but they, they can't get Shaq and Judd Nelson in the same frame. So it's Judd Nelson delivering this villainous like, I'm gonna get you monologue right to Shaq's chest. Like Ty. Ty. It's a shame they, they couldn't have gotten a, they couldn't have gotten Tim Robbins. Yeah. He's a he's a big tall fella. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tim Robbins could have played that. Hudsucker proxy sequel. <laughs> that would have been great, actually. I feel yeah. Like, yeah. Let's make a better steal, guys. <laughs> but well, like, Sha- you can rebuild it. I think you released a Robin's cut. <laughs> you, could, you could still yeah, you have, have, you have Shaq. That he, that he, yeah, you could have Shaq is that he's steel, but he like hands the mantle off to his niece. No, uh, no, he's, uh, he's steel. <laughs> <laughs> I think Shaq's fairly clear. And we could have like an uh, we could have a, a W we could have a WNBA star as Natalie uh, Natalie Irons. That'd be cool. Well, no? what what's your name is in Russia? Um, and they, 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 they um, <laughs> sorry, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting her name. I, I, I don't think any of us. They, know. They, it's the best known kind of uh, WNBA uh, athlete. She um, based in, off that description, she, I'll never know who never this she's been held hostage in in Russia currently since since wow. February. Um, took the we go took to the Brittany Gr- Brittany Grinner. Brittany Grinner, yes. Okay, or Griner. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, well, she doesn't have to be just. Well, just, about. just actually to to circle back then because the, the apologies if I mispronounced. It, uh, no, I, I apologies if I did. Um, but to circle back to that observation that Graham made about like a legacy sequel, the fact that Shaq wants to make a sequel, and back to Niles' ob- question earlier about how this movie is thought of, I think it's very revealing that like we've had this big wave of nostalgic reassessment of all this stuff that kids liked uh, during the nineties. Like where you've had things like, you know, Michael Keaton is coming back as Batman in The Flash, a movie that will never be released. We'll see. Um, like, <laughs> but like you have, we'll see. you have things like, you know, the crisis on Infinite Earths happening in the Arrowverse, where they bring back all these characters from these far reaching DC properties mm. throughout Bert the franchise. Bert Ward was in it. Bert Ward appeared in it, like bring back in Batman 66 and stuff like that. Who was the actor who played the reporter in Batman? Robert Null. Um, he also yeah, he's in that. He, yeah, he's in a, he, he shows up in it yeah. as well. Yeah, but the idea is that, like, we've got this, like, really continuity, historically kind of, like, fetishizing mm-hmm. kind of, like, reign where all these studios can't wait to reappropriate things that people didn't even seem to like that much at the time. Like, you know, Black Bolt appearing in fecking Doctor Strange, for example, the most hated, like, Marvel property that ever existed. But you can tell that nobody has touched Shaq as Steel. Like, Shaq didn't come back for Crisis on Infinite Earth. There's no talk about giving Shaq an eight-episode limited series on HBO Max, for example. There There's, should be. That, that, but he wants to, and he's a star. 
But like that's the thing he no, wants but, to, and he's because Shaq. I don't Shaq's going to do CW budget though. You know, <laughs> I think Shaq yeah. is worth more C- than that. CW budget won't reach his height, and I mean literally. Shaq <laughs> now is 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 not Shaq then. Like then, no, I think Shaq. I, no, you are. Right I think about he that. still he values himself. You know, right. I think again he could he could play uh, he could play steel handling them. I, I still I know people but, don't want it. But Shaq, Andrew, but also Shaq uh, doesn't want to do it. To... Like Shaq's like 2014 interview with Rolling Stone was like, so oh. you still want to be the hero? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I like I want to make Steel 2, but it's going to be me. I'm not going to be yeah. Beckon, like, you know, Han Solo. Yeah, I'm not going to be like Harrison Ford in the Star Wars sequels. It's going to be a me movie. And like, you could, like, in this era where we're constantly recycling everything, we're making like Ghostbusters Afterlife and all this sort of stuff. I find it amazing. I'm sorry, Niall just winced there. Um, but I, yeah. I find, <laughs> I, I, I hear you. But I find it interesting that like nobody has touched this. Like, like that's how this is thought of. This is untouchable um, as far as pop culture goes. Which... I, I think it's because it's not, there's nothing to latch onto that makes it interesting to return to. But Shaq, to. I think, is the thing that makes it interesting. I well, think if they want a ton of money, like if they wanted to like... lean into nostalgia, it is like Shaq being, you know, a 90s Shaq's icon. Back. Shaq's back. With it, with know? a Q. Yeah. yeah. Yes, with a Q. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just, I don't know. All right. Is there anything else we would talk about with this movie? Anything we want to discuss? Anything that hasn't, we haven't talked about already? Anything jumping out at people? Uh, one thing is just, and I was a bit disappointed he wasn't a bigger part of the movie, was Charles Napier as the... Uh... As the general! Master General, I I love him. Mm. He's he's a great yeah, he's, he's a great good. figure, and uh, it was just a shame because I thought there was going to be a twist where maybe he was also involved with John Nelson's plan, just yeah. because it's you know it's Charles Napier. It's Charles but, uh, Napier. It is, you always expect him to be a bad guy, but unfortunately, it is very much like oh no, the military's pretty good. It's just John Nelson brings us down. Yeah, but, <laughs> but to be fair, bad apple. There's a few like, bad apples. Bad apple. Yeah, yeah. John Nelson was totally open for killing people like during a military ex- <laughs> exercise. Yeah, and just um, as well with, uh, sorry, I've forgotten her first name. Uh, is it Annabelle Gish? Annabeth. 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 Ooh, okay. Never heard that name before. Mm. But uh, I think, I think just want to double down. I think she's really good in this, actually. Yeah, she is. she is. And I really like the arc. It's something you, you'd never see in one of these films about someone, like as much as those X-Men films pretended to with James McAvoy. It's like, he needs to learn to accept the chair. It's like they they do nothing on that. They do nothing about it. It's all lip service, and this like you could say the actual heart of the film is exactly that, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I was quite impressed with that. Like, it's got a lot of very weird, dodgy stuff, as you say, Darren. But I think its heart was very much in the right place there. Oh no, like it, it's very much kind of again, it's a '90s thing where like if you made this today, imagine the right wing crazy pa- like insults you get about pandering and political correctness yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But it's like it's no like no just be decent it's like we're recognizing that maybe it, it, it would also in fairness today it would also be attacked by left-wing people that's in, fair in, 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 the in as we of, said the portrayal right. of the army and the and the soldiers and those yeah things. yeah yeah where it's a kind of like a, a, a kind of um a, stereotypical a, portrayal of african-american culture or mainly written I, by I, white that people there's something kind of like um is, is is the expression kind of uncle thomas about it yeah um, yeah but um, I do like books. You you talked about stereotypes earlier, but Shaq is just like, I know he doesn't play it especially well, but he's like just a really intelligent guy and he's crap at basketball. And I think it does go out of its way yeah. for him at least to kind of try to avoid a lot of these stereotypes. And the Absolutely. characters, except for 
his young nephew or brother? He's into I Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. I thought he was. I, I I thought he was his nephew, but then like they're she's both their grandmothers. So he could be a cousin. Yeah. A nickname. He could be a cousin. Yeah. A cousin. Could be yeah. a cousin. Could be a cousin. I think maybe he's like the one character I found maybe was a bit lacking in agency. But he was trying to stay out of gangs and get like a good job. But like, it's just a shame that was a very Ray, dodgy Ray arcade. Ray J, right? It's Ray J. Yeah, yeah Ray it's Ray J. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's also very much like a marker of this as a kid's movie on top of the animal sidekick. It's like the uh, kids are going to love that there's this kid who's like best friend is a superhero and who learns an important lesson about not joining gangs, which is like very much like what 90s Los Angeles culture was worried about arguably far far more than it needed to be um as somebody who's covered a lot of like 90s star trek like la culture was obsessed with the idea of gangs and gang violence and gangs corrupting kids you know all those urban legends about things like gangs killing people who flash them on the highway and all that sort of stuff again that that moral panic that you had at the time which kind of ties into the video game stuff where it's like video games are corrupting our children and they're teaching them how to shoot stuff up and it's just one small step from going into a video game arcade to like shooting up robbing banks the federal reserve mm-hmm. la's biggest speaking atm of, um, speaking of robbing just because we see a batman forever arcade machine yeah twice yes. it's, it's in, it, there's twice it's, it's very sad because it did make me think of tim burton wanted to have uh one of the wayans yes as a, the black he robin. wanted um, marlon marlon yeah. wayans as a uh, robin yes it, and it's just it's really sad because i think like obviously tim burton's vision for that film would have been better by default than what we got and yeah just to think that that was almost like a huge budget thing was going to introduce like an african-american superhero in the 90s and yeah way before way before duke Duke thomas shows up which was only recently but like and and like more to that point if i remember correctly and and niall can probably correct me if i'm wrong here or graham as well because it's a very nerdy point but like they got so far down the line of like damon wayans as robin that I believe at least some of the early editions of the Robin action figures for Batman Forever are literally Damon Wayan figures painted white. I think, I, I don't know if that's true, but I do know there's a poster out there that like has what he looks like in the suit. Yeah, or like the Chris O'Donnell. I'm fairly certain there's a poster oh, out there. Pete. Please tell me they didn't do that with Billy D. Williams and Tommy <laughs> Jones. They did. <laughs> someone, a bit more telling. Someone, so, so, someone did it. They uh, they did uh, Two Face, and they did have Billy D. Williams if he had been mocked up as Two Face, and it looks messed up. Like it looks good, yeah. But it, like it looks weird. The things that were taken from us. <laughs> hey, Billy D. Williams still got his chance when Lego Batman showed up, um, which is good. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> <laughs> all right but okay is there anything else we're talking about anything we haven't discussed or anything jumping out at people andrew you've been looking through your notes no there's nothing <laughs> I, 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 i'm shocked that we've spent this much it, it, it's it's definitely i i i definitely have a part to play in this but, um, <laughs> but i i'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've, we've talked too much but uh, <laughs> Andrew says as he have pre- we gone too far as he prepares to stir the pot and just like throw another thing at Graham um, <laughs> no <laughs> Poke, poke the bear. Am I literally the one that like represents the so-called fans that we hate that just like you go poke 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 no, poke poke no no um no, like, this is like, like the Joe Rogan podcast. We're just no, open to these discussions. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't, don't bring that cursed name Graham, in here. Like they, it's it, it. I think it's very. Um, I think it's very important to have somebody who's 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 passionate and like has as kind of you know. Well, it, the knowledge uh, and the experience. Yeah, and, and, and a, the background, a, a, a reverence for 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 these characters because I I, I think so much of. 
uh, including myself, so much kind of like discourse is is um dominated by this kind of like like you know snide kind of ironic sort of um i wouldn't say any of this is snide um, i wouldn't say any of the comments about it this could be snider <laughs> hey um, and he put on glasses no it's like not taking these things seriously and i think it's okay to take things seriously yeah yeah, yeah. That, uh, it's, it's it's just i kind of wish that like as his first representation steel maybe should have had someone that could deliver those lines with a bit more Depth. That's all. Well, I, I like Shaq. There's nothing wrong with Shaq. Everyone loves Shaq. I mean, like we we talked about this, where this is the situation where like it takes until Black Panther in 2018 yeah. that you get an African American superhero taken seriously, and you end up with what the blade. Well, yeah, what about Blade? You end up with the ira- that's what I was about to make. You end up with the erasure oh, of characters or movies like this, like Blade, like Catwoman, where they're kind of like forgotten and and kind of drifted aside because there's this understanding that they exist in a subgenre onto themselves. Again, the fact that this only gets a sixteen million dollar budget, less than what mm. Schwarzenegger was paid to appear in. What Batman. Was he twenty five? Uh, he was 25 and points off the back end as well, I believe. Jesus. Um, I don't think he made as much as Nicholson did on the original Batman. Nicholson, I believe, made the most... Still making money. He's still making mm-hmm. money and the most money that any actor has ever made for any film, um, which is... I, like, I, I, I can't stop thinking about, like, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, Lawrence Fishburne would have been good. Think, Same, generally. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, not, in, not in, just in general, in Niles, like, you know, Playhouse. I wonder what Lawrence Fishburne's doing. Not specifically, but yeah. 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 But yeah, I, th- I, th- I think, I think he, he, he would have been decent in this. But I, but I, but yeah. I, but I, but I think um, Shaq uh, perhaps could have been good, but like, like he ought not to be focusing on his acting, you know. <laughs> coming, coming, coming up to maybe, the Olympics, po- this is yeah. a kind of like a cash in for him and for kind of the studios to an extent where they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll 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 get some of that kind of like uh, Shaq uh, shine and yeah. um, and, <laughs> and it did and, not work. No, yeah, it didn't yeah. Work. It's like where he doesn't need to be good. Where like they're not going to be able to you know spend the time with him to get like something even close to like what what he can do now yeah when he's been given an opportunity to kind of yeah. you know spend is it worrying that in adam sandler it? films in adam sandler films he gives better performances is that worrying well, i think he's no, as andrew an said he's just older. young yeah um kind of like inexperienced kind and of, also um, those movies probably ask a lot less of him than this does because this is like you're carrying a movie you're a lead of a movie mm. like i would say sorry i would actually say and, and darren would maybe know better than me I think he could handle. He could actually carry an icon film. I think because of his otherworldly presence and size and that. Do you not think he could play icon? I, uh, originally, he could play? it was meant to be a character called Hardware. Hardware, hardware. 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 Yeah, was going to be the movie yeah. that they were going to do, and I think that yeah. this is a terrible name for his character. But icon, I think. He, I think. I, I think he could have played icon, which there, which is basically a character who is very similar to Superman, isn't he? I think just I think Darren would know him better than I would. No, no, I, no. I, I think just have him back for Steel. I think yeah. that's, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like like, yeah. like the, don't make another Steel movie, maybe. But, <laughs> but, but have... Darren made a face when I said Icon. So what's the problem? No, no, I don't know hardware. Just, just have him come. No Icon. I I feel like have him come back for that lazy thing where it's like yeah, it's Steel. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> the audience cheers. <laughs> steel like, has never yeah, been in the hey, same set as the lead they, character in they, this movie. They played the Steel <laughs> music. Yeah. 
<laughs> like they ask, what is the steel music? They, they ask, it's like wrestling. Yeah. My God, that steel's fiend. Yeah. They, they ask, they ask Ezra Miller in their prison cell whether they ever met Shaquille O'Neal, and they are like, no, no, he was never on set the same time I was. Um, but like, oh, I'd love to see Shaq screw that twerp. Well, do you see Austin Butler punched them in the face in Tokyo? I, I think that was fake. I looked that up. Okay. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. According to I that was restaurant, wondering, Austin Butler was never there. <laughs> I was so he just got so so they just got punched by a random. Okay, well, I, that wouldn't surprise me. Oh, no. Okay. All right. But yeah, no. So that, I do find that kind of interesting. That's like yeah, you end up with this like it's not until Black Panther that you get people acknowledging really that African American superheroes can make money and be mainstream and you know you, you end up with this kind of erasure where like again as we talked about of Blade. Yeah, of Blade and oh. of Blade in particular. But you talk about like Catwoman where like they end up carrying. Where it's like people don't want to see African American superhero movies because Steel and Catwoman didn't make any money, and because yeah. Blade Trinity didn't make enough money in the end. And anyway, it's... but there's two films before Blade Trinity that were really good. Um, but yeah, I really like Blade too. The, the kind of people who vote on the IMDb um, t- uh, uh, d- 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 are, are still um, take some convincing. Yes, Black <laughs> Panther being one of the rare Phase Three Marvel movies not to make the list. All right, then I think that about then wraps it up. Unless Niall or Graham have anything else they want to say about the movie, anything jumping out of them, anything merits discussion. Niall, you look like you might have something. No, uh, no, not really. I just okay. want to reiterate. I thought this was cute. I don't think it's as good as my beloved Superman Four. But... Is it better than Catwoman? <laughs> it might be. You know, it might be just because I don't think it's as leery and mm. weird. Though there are a lot of ass and crotch shots. Yeah. I don't and also know. every do woman every woman in this film, every woman in this film wants to climb that mountain. Well, I do like I do that, love that like that sexy is. women like in the in the steel mill. Like like are they They're not they're they're not wearing the right outfits. I was say that for, are they bearing mid, they're bearing midriffs and are they wearing short shorts if I remember correctly? They are wearing no, hard hats. Okay, they're, not, they're wearing hard hats, but they are wearing midriffs, but they are not wearing short shorts. That'd be too much, but, I think. But in that scene, it's Shaq himself being objectified, which yeah. is kind of... Refreshing. It's nice, it's nice, it's nice. Like, Darren... Darren uh, and the big women, this, <laughs> um, The objectifying of Shaq in this film, does it match up to the objectifying of Chris Hemsworth in Thor Love and Thunder? Not quite, because there's no moment where anybody flicks him too hard, uh, so to speak, um, unfortunately. Because, okay. um, yeah, we do have that, like, fear of, again, that representation. Oh, that's in the trailer. Yeah, no, that was not a spoiler, yeah. yeah. But is it is it blurred? Do you see actual ass? Do you see actual ass? Do you see his dong? That would be a spoiler, unfortunately. (laughs) No, but I want to know. Do we see Thor's ass? (laughs) I love that Graham's been the passionate fan throughout. It's like, (laughs) okay, Graham, the official position from Chris Hemsworth (laughs) on this is that like, Ever since the first Thor movie where he was like, I went shirtless. It was like... Yeah, and it went viral. It has been my dream that the other side of me would get the same exposure and that like the work that I do on my glutes would get the respect that the work that I do on my abs has earned. So yes, you do get to see his ass. Unfortunately, Niall, you do not get to see Dong. Um, why, why bother uh, making a movie? Yeah, what, what, <laughs> what, what's the point? Where's the, I know where the thunder is, but where's the love? Where's his hammer? <laughs> the hammer is his penis. Yeah. It's yeah. deep. Why did you <laughs> That's why it's that's why that's why his new that's why his new weapon is called uh, uh Stormbreaker. Um, what, what, I thought it was just his favourite Alex Ryder book. <laughs> what <should we> call- <laughs> oh poor Alex Ryder. The, the hammer pulls you off, man. Um, <laughs> oh on, on on blank check with Griffin and David, they want a movie to, to have like 
you know, a normal penis where it's not like a really good dick and where it's also <laughs> where it's also not funny. You know, yeah. where, where where it's not a comedic punchline like it is in say pop star or <laughs> Nor, uh, Sarah Simpson's movie. Sarah Marshall. Do we, do, yeah. Yeah. Do we know, yeah, but like Nor, Sarah Marshall, I, I suppose that's a normal no, that's dick, a comedic that's, that's, man. that's the joke though. It's a joke like the idea is it's oh. funny to see a man naked in that situation. As opposed oh. to like and then you watch Shame and Shame over. Shame yeah. Is, yeah, Shame is like this is of really depressing, but dear God. It. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> I haven't seen Shame. Is like, is it? Is it seriously, dear God? It's like oh, it's, it's pretty just, cool. It's, it's a nice day. It's, a, <laughs> it's like they should Pocket have. Rocket, they man. should have sent a poet. They should have sent a poet, Graham. People, <laughs> people who talk about this stuff and say like, but, but, but that must be a special effect or something. They're telling on themselves. <laughs> yeah. They're in some like, company animated it. <laughs> It's like when you say, have you, have you ever seen something so big? It's like, yeah, all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't normally look down. But anyway, all right. Um, what we normally... check. <laughs> because this seems like the perfect note on which to end the Steel podcast. It is, in fact, which hammer's time. Which is for time. kids. <laughs> what we norm- this is a film for kids. This is what, not a podcast for what kids. What we though. normally do at the end of the podcast is we ask our guests to recommend something for listeners it could be something related to the movie something unrelated to the movie just something you are enjoying at this moment in time so to give graham and niall a chance to think about it i'm gonna ask andrew to go first um i'm gonna recommend a book about another steel man which is uh andrew carnegie um the the uh founder of carnegie steel which became american steel but there there are so many Kind of parts to his life there 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 is the standard kind of 19th century kind of um uh, american story about you know a, a, a you know a child who becomes a man you know as as uh, um uh, and um becomes this kind of like man of industry um and the richest man in in um in the world um eventually but he's also kind of the um kind of you could argue like the creator of the public library you know at, at um as I mean down in Rath Mines the the library there is dedicated to Carnegie isn't it because that was well it's a, a Carnegie, library. Yeah, it's Carnegie library as 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 it, as, as, uh, the, the uh, same as the one in Black Rock the one in Balls Bridge uh, uh most um I think libraries uh, certainly in Ireland and the UK uh, um our Carnegie libraries. There's also like church organs. He but may he 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 invented kind of modern philanthropy in the sense that uh, philanthropy had been previously been something just that 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 Christians, especially Puritans, did to uh, assuage their guilt at making money. Um, where he took the same um, attention to kind of like uh, cost accounting that he did with his steel business into um, the philanthropy business. So he went from like... Be, be, he was it, looking for return. Exactly. Yeah. Where, 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 where the fir- f- first kind of half of his life was becoming the richest person in the world and the second was 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 trying to um, disinvest himself of, of, of that, which of course he wasn't able to do because there was so much... <laughs> Um, but it, it was also the 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 Carnegie kind of peace prize is still a thing. He 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 was kind of against. Um, he was a pacifist. Um, he also wanted to 
introduced simplified spelling. So it like it it accounts for why kind of Americans, um, you know, um, is he uh, responsible for the drop to you? Yeah, I think I th- I th- I th- I think one could here argue, I was but thinking also like were supposed to care about you, you know. Um, that 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 that's the sort the the the, the, the like part of his 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 legacy is is the kind of um because he he was a Scottish, um man who became an 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 American and um yeah it, it's uh, but it but it's a very good uh, biography it's written by David Nassau, um and I think it's just called Carnegie or yeah I believe it is just Carnegie yeah. yes and DC stuff um. I liked. I think it's called Death Suicide Squad. Yes, the su- not not Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The but, James Gunn movie from twenty exactly. twenty. Was it one? But I think we've had a lot of people recommend that. I I I quite like Peacemaker, which is the the, the spin off show. The spin off show. I think. Um, I th- I think it's it's worth it just for like the opening credits. <laughs> yeah. It always puts a smile on my face. Well, Gunn wanted to create an opening credit sequence that nobody would ever skip. That was his ambition. <laughs> and you don't. <laughs> right? it's, 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 it, um, it's incredible. But there's also the, 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 the kind of sense of this being um, a show about one of those um, uh, KKK people who uh, who is like, you know, being... Um, I deprogrammed or kind of fixed or whatever like yeah yeah i actually found that really like i that's something i really admired about is that like we talked about like so much of modern superhero content is just devoid of any like what it's aboutness and i actually like the peacemaker was like i'm we're gonna try and grapple with something kind of thorny and interesting and uncomfortable in many many ways yeah um and i think like the have you seen the end of it yet andrew are you watching i have yeah like the end of it is fascinating because it's it's very much like our response to Alan Moore's Watchmen, but in a way that is like thoughtful and uncomfortable where it's like, no, you actually need this person with this set of beliefs at this moment in time as uncomfortable yeah. as that makes you, which is, is kind of fascinating. Um, I, I really like Peacemaker as well. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, what, what, what about you guys? So Graham, what, what do you recommend? What are you enjoying at the moment? Uh, I'm still enjoying One Piece. Um, I'm on episode 780. <laughs> so episode seven, 780. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're almost finished, maybe. Uh, it still keeps going. Um, so I highly recommend that, especially if you've got time. It's all uncomfortable. <laughs> if you've got time, baby. If you have all the time. If you, if, if you, if you have, have like 300 hours, yes. Listen, we're watching it 10 episodes uh, every week, at least once a week. We sit down with some friends uh, via Aww. Zoom still because you're still being put. We're still, even though numbers are rising, we are still trying to curtail as much as possible by, you yeah. know, virtual watches with our friends. And we watch One Piece. We watch a bunch of anime. I've tried out a bunch of anime, but nothing's really capturing me right now except for One Piece. Uh, the right- does, it, does it spark an animated discussion? It really would. I think it'd be fascinating, Darren, to see you try to tackle it because there's so many wonderful themes in it. The world building is above and beyond anything does that's it, ever been done does, before. Does it have a movie in the cinema? Because I think it, it has like five if, movies. It has like ten it, movies. If it did. And, oh, and we had to cover it. It's like Darren would be like, "Oh wow, Darren would have to watch the whole." I've done a little bit of research for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a movie coming out which will likely break 
blockbuster records in Japan. No. It's about it's about one no. of the characters who is like it's, it, the film is about a background, a prequel to a character that is so beloved no. that fans are just like, if we see this, we're going to go nuts. No. It's also a, it's also a film that has stopped production of the anime for four weeks so that they can get the film ready. Because they don't want to worry about production for episodes. Doesn't have like a person going... of color or a woman in it. Please tell me it has a person of color or a woman in it. Is it based on the real person no. or the toy? No, no, it's the main character. Back, it's gonna make uh, the fucking list. The main, the main, the main character is called Shanks. He's the like he's basically like the most powerful character in the whole oh, series. But he's a bro, and right? people, people have what? It's basically like we only see Shanks in the anime every ten years. The film, like the anime has been going for 25 years, close to 25 years now, and you see Shanks every 10 years. Listeners <laughs> <laughs> can hear Andrew, but I don't think they can, like, you need to picture the look of... Oh, Derek, of, Andrew looks so excited. ...of demented glee as he stares at me, re- to be fair, realizing to that be fair. I am going to try to cram 25 years of an anime into yeah. presumably you the week. You have to make a deal with the devil. Like, I mean, to... <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, like Darren, like, honestly, you wouldn't really like... have to. Shanks is, if the main story is about Shanks, it's only, like, he's only in like 10 episodes. But I need to understand the context. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you have to do that, yeah, yeah, you're screwed. Darren, I can see you in the room uh, from Matrix Revolutions, the architect's room. Watching every episode simultaneously. I have seen all the permutations. <laughs> Um, and then I am about to read uh, the gore saga for Thor. Uh, I'm not going to read it ahead of Thor Love and Thunder because I don't want... I already well, have expectations. Thor for Love and Thunder gore... has already been released. And, and you've, yeah, you've, no, no. You've seen I, it. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't want any expectations. I already have quite high expectations of how gore is as a character because I know of his legacy. and I have, But I haven't read his comic run properly it's like a two-year run of gore saga and they've released it on comiXology for like 15 euro so i bought it and um, i'm gonna wait until i finish the film until the film to actually read it because usually what i have done is i've already read the comic run that films have been based on you know civil war uh, winter soldier kind of those films and they disappointed in varying degrees for silly reasons uh, so I'm, I've got that to look forward to. Uh, I've also got uh, the Dresden Files book, the third book, uh, which I'm excited to read. And then, yeah, I just finished Superman and Lois season two, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Really sweet comic book uh, series, love letter to Superman. Very different kind of Superman that we've had for in the last while, I think. And then um, Stranger Things, just finished Stranger Things. I thought it was a decent ending with uh, some serious issues uh, that's... Would, I could talk about for a while. But uh, I, I think I might even have an article uh, is, for the escapists. Is the Morgan Bay? Is, is is that what you call that, that monster? I have not seen it. <laughs> oh, the Demogorgon? Demogorgon. Is he Bay? Yeah. Is he Bay? No, no. There's another Bay. Do you see his dog? Okay. There's another Bay out there. His name's Vecna. Okay, so, mm. Niall, what would you recommend? What are you enjoying at the moment? What is Bay for you? What is Bay for me? So, I've got some recommendations just all based off based uh, film we discussed steel so um first of all because i didn't realize this till you pointed out darren i completely missed john hawks was the mugger <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I, know, I love him but so at the moment that's because he's of, such a good actor 
He's great. Yeah, he I, I was like, I, I could just this mugger. I can see his like. I know he has a wife and kids. I just, I instantly, I don't see John Hall because I just see the character. I didn't, yeah, like I didn't believe him when he says I have a wife and kids. It's like no. <laughs> <laughs> so my my recommendation isn't specifically John Hawks the actor, though you can't really go wrong. It's uh, at the moment I'm on season two of Deadwood, which I've never Ooh. seen before, and oh my god, what a great TV show! I'm very amazing. late with prestige TV generally. Like, mm. I think last time I was on the show, I we, I was just finishing up Lost, which shows how out of the circuit <laughs> I am. I never watched but, Deadwood. But Deadwood is um really great, great use of language, uh, just like Steel. Really good scripts. <laughs> but <laughs> my uh, second recommendation is talking about, you know, African-American superhero movies is Blank Man, which uh, is a really goofy film, but it's, it's really charming. It's a guy who accidentally makes bulletproof underpants or Long Johns, and fights crime. And it's an interesting timepiece, and there's some really, like, good small or small roles. What do you call it? Like, great actors in small roles in it. Yeah. People you'd know from TV of the era, for sure. And my third and final recommendation, it's one of my favourite uh, TV comedies of all time, just based on the great Charles Napier being in this, is The Critic, which, yes. um, <laughs> if people don't know, it's kind of like a quasi simpsons analog yeah. there's like some mm. crossover between the two yeah and unfortunately it was only i think two seasons long you can watch it all on youtube and charles napier plays a duke who is he's great. an amazing character he has that uh, new england accent that i was referring to earlier yeah there's a lot of wasp jokes yeah. <laughs> and yeah i watched that at like a, a great time in my life just i had nothing else to do and they're all very funny I think sometimes it makes a mistake of like leaning too much into just kind of fat jokes, which is never like the funny part of it with the character of no. Jay Sherman. It's that he's a, he's a snob, but he's always right in the end. <laughs> and I find, I find that really compelling. Uh, yeah, really funny little show. And uh, the Simpsons crossover episode, even yes. though it upset Matt Groening quite a bit, is it's really funny. It's, yeah. it's one of the best. So those are my three very uh, tenuous tenuous recommendations but that's kind of the theme of shack week isn't yeah. it yeah did you feel like <laughs> well, <laughs> well nice 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 reference there and i don't did you feel like there was a drop-off in the second series of the critic because i i think when i watched it i thought there was but i'm interested to know if i was just completely wrong because i i think they got more into the kind of emotional um core of by adding the love interest yeah uh, in 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 the second season i was just like i don't know I have no <laughs> this is not in this. what i want i just want no yeah. i found that quite nice because it made him like the first season like really doesn't like jay sherman yeah and i think they kind of they humanize him a bit and i still think it's really funny i never watched the like webisodes they did but i heard they're pretty bad they did like a third season of like youtube shorts oh and i heard i heard they weren't worth watching I will probably because I'm a sucker for content. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And for myself in terms of recommendations, let's just keep them steel related. Um, the if you're looking for a good steel comic, the comic that was published around the time this movie came out, which was, I believe, from issue 32 of the character's self-titled series, which was written, I believe, by Christopher Priest, who goes by the name of Priest. He's also responsible for one of the great Black Panther ones as well. He's currently writing Black Adam for DC, which is well worth checking out at the moment, uh, and illustrated by Dennis Cowan. Um, and the it is notable because that's what happened when DC themselves realized that there was a movie coming out called Steel with Shaquille O'Neal in it, and that there was going to be a lot of press coverage, and they maybe needed to hire 
hire some African-American writers and artists to work on their premier African-American character. Uh, but it's a really interesting uh, run. I really quite enjoyed it. There's a nice recurring character whose name is Dr. Wilhain, but the joke is it's pronounced Vilhan, villain, uh, which I really, really liked as well. Um, other than that, in terms of Superman comics, um, I quite like the Jimmy Olsen series from Matt Fraction and Steve Leiber recently, uh, which is great. It's a wonderful kind of love letter to Silver Age comics, uh, which I wholeheartedly enjoyed. Also about being a millennial and having no sense of place or belonging uh, and living in the gig economy, uh, which is a weirdly moving take on Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. And then finally, I also really like, uh, is it Philip Johnson Kennedy or Philip Kennedy Johnson's uh, action comics run that is running at the moment, which has like Superman just being a space gladiator. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want from Superman. So those would be my recommendations that are, are steel adjacent, as it were. All right. So where can we find you? What you at? So Niall, where are you at? What are you up to? Where can we find you? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter at Niall the Glynn. I'm currently working on uh, an article for Massive Cinema about an upcoming film. Or uh, will it be released by now? It, I'm not quite it's sure. The it's, time. Time. it's the end of July. It's the end of July. It's the end of July. Oh, so it, it would have been released by Ooh, now. So it's you can spoil a... us. What, what film is it? Uh, it's called Where the Crawdads Sing. The new oh, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones. Sony Pictures yeah. one. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It has a good trailer. It has a good Taylor Swift song in it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get to see it ahead of time to write on that. So uh, Massive Cinema. Uh, are you guys familiar with Massive Cinema? No. No. It's a, a UK-based site. It's kind of a mix of uh, kind of interesting angles in films, interesting article angles. And also they have organized a lot of event cinema over here. Which is really cool, yeah. So they, they try to get people into the cinema to see interesting films. They they kind of have a strong like UK film focus, but uh, we spread out as well. I'd previously done an article for them on Freaky, the Vince Vaughn vehicle. Which yes, is which I quite like. Really I liked fun. your article. Um, I love that film. Oh, thank you. Um, it's pinned yeah, at the so top that's... of your Twitter uh, right now. Yeah, it still right? is. I'm, I'm really leaning on my past glory. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would recommend that article. Soon. I, I would recommend uh, that article if people want to check it out. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, yes, that's what I'm working on at the moment. The Monday Lorians, uh, my Star Wars podcast has just wrapped up our our Kenobi season. Uh, so if you got anyone's catching up on that show, uh, check it out. I think we've got some interesting takes on it. I think for the most part, we all quite enjoyed it, though. But that might be coming from the the bitter aftertaste of the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! Yeah, uh, yeah. And so there. upcoming. You mean the much point, fetid we... book? Yeah. Oh. yeah. I, th- I, th- but, um, I, th- I, th- um, I, th- I think I was initially the last time we were speaking to you about uh, the book of Boba Fett. I think I was kind of like positive on it. I was like, <laughs> you know, you like Jabba's, you got Jabba's, you like Wookiees, we, we got yeah. we, uh, we got Wookiees. <laughs> it's like, oh, you prefer the Mandalorian? Let's watch that for two episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, don't get me. You want to see Mando buy a new car? You're gonna watch Mando buy a new car. You make it sound better than it was, Darren. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so we're gonna have an episode. I think coming up fairly soon. It's like an Attack of the Clones anniversary. Speaking of great Star Wars. Is, yeah, so that's that's kind of me. All is, right. Is, is, so Kenobi's worth kind of sticking with it, it, maybe for people who didn't like the first kind of the start of it. Uh, Darren is kind of uh, avoiding I, eye I, contact. I, I I really enjoyed it, but I, I like, like the well. articles that come out since from uh, the original screenwriters is it was designed to be a film, and yeah. so there is cases where it's like extrapolated or I don't know embellished too much to become it, a it, series. But overall, like, it's cool just to see, like, this a, a Star Wars show with a character with a face. 
Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I know it sounds like a very low bar. It was, <laughs> it was also supposed to be a lot darker from what the original pitch was. It was supposed to be much darker, and Disney were like, no, it's too dark, and it's going to be lighting it. Like, oh. Would have liked to have seen a darker show. Well, I think it, it's a it's a difficult balance with Star Wars, because if it goes too dark, it becomes a bit preposterous, I think, because Star Wars is mm. very much like Steel. Like it, It's a kid's outing, mm. and that's, that's the that's charm true. of it. That's true. So that's uh, this is turning into my Star Wars defense hour. Sorry, mm-hmm. but uh, that's everything I'm up to. <laughs> um, and Graham, what are you up to? Where are you yeah. at? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Graham Gigar, um Game Air. St- we're, we're still there at Game Air, me and I. Um, and uh, my recent, I've had a recent article at the Escapist, actually about Obi Wan Kenobi and how it legitimizes. I uh, I've ben been Solo. thrilled to read it. Oh no! I've been um, thrilled. Been been thrilled. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I basically wrote a piece about how uh, the best thing about about uh, Kenobi was the fact that it it, it has a great uh, duo at its center, and it's not Anakin and uh, Obi Wan. It's it's Obi Wan and Leia. I think uh, their relationship is incredibly sweet, um, warm, and it legitimizes to me. Uh, why she would name her child after him. And I wrote an article about it. And as you can expect, it got quite the response. Uh, so, yeah, Star Wars fans are just the best. I wrote it because I liked what Kenobi did with the character of Leia and what it did to the character of Obi-Wan and their connection. I wrote it unironically. I wrote it with sincerity. And the amount of hate... I got was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I know. Do it anyway. It was just really. It was just. I liked. I no. Listen, I liked that I wrote it, and I'm happy that I wrote it, and I'm happy it got eyes. All right. (laughs) It's like it just. It's just. I I had fun writing it. Good. And and that's what matters. Um, screw the haters. All right. So um. I don't know what we're going to be talking about next week on the podcast, which is interesting because we're again going, I, we've invested so much in Shack Week and Shark Week um, that <laughs> we'll I don't know. we just not do episodes We may ta- We may yeah. take next week off because we did give you five episodes this week. Yeah. Um, go, go. But if not, we will probably be back uh, with another nautical themed adventure with the fantastic Luke and Jess Dunn joining us, uh, possibly a crossover with the breakout role, discussing a, a figure we have talked about in this episode, Adam Sandler's breakout role in Overboard. So that might be what we'll be covering either next week or the week after. As in the Goldie Hawn Kurt Russell film? No, what's the one I'm thinking of? uh, That's, is that Fool's Gold? Or no? No, no, that's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, no, there is, is that an over, that is Overboard or something like that. That is Overboard. But it's cast away, like, anyway, whatever it is, the one where feckin' Adam Sandler's in the ocean, that movie, is what we'll be talking about. (laughs) Aquaman? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Thank you so much, no Niall. Thank you so much, Graham. This has been a much longer discussion of steel than I expected it to be. Take care, guys. No, you didn't. Bye. 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 Bye.